Welcome to Nerd It All Before. The podcast where we dive deep into the subjects that make us all geek out. A bunch of goddamn nerds. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual enthusiast, Nerd It All Before is your destination for deep dives and lighthearted discussions that celebrate all things nerdy. So grab your headphones, get comfortable, and join us every month as we embark on a journey through the realms of imagination, intellect, and sheer excitement. You don't want to be a nerd. I'm not raising a nerd, bro. If it's a nerd, I'm going to bash his head in. Nerds get nowhere in life. This is Nerd It All Before. Prepare to unleash your inner nerd and explore the passions that connect us all. Let's dive in. Shock it, nerds! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Nerd It All Before. I am Rick and Drew. Your show. Take it over. Fuck. Right, right <laughs> out the gate? Right <laughs> just, out the gate. Just I'm, like that? I have thrown it to you right off the bat. Well, I'm Drew. Uh, to my right is Rick, and down there is Jason. And Jason's uh, down there. He Jason wow. has gone down on Drew. Well, he's, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. The way my screen is set up, he's he's the lower the lower person, but not in life, Jason. You're not the lower person. Thank you. No, I I feel like uh, it's nice to be included in your Thank you. screen. <laughs> so um wow i'm used to rick doing a little bit longer of an introduction well okay hi <laughs> i'm rick and today we're going to be talking about drew's subject nicholas cage there we go <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it was like five seconds more it doesn't it gets matter me, it, gets me, it gets me into it by the way, last week's episode, I, of course, listened to it because, you know, it's me. Um, really, really should have been titled The Ball Busting of Rick. A hundred percent. You are correct. And I think it is all we should do. Like, just well, I, change the like, name of this podcast and let you pick subjects that me and him could care less about and make it like Mystery Science Theater where we just commentary on you. Oh, that's great. I, I don't do know if I like day. that. I mean, I'll do it, but I don't know if I like that. <laughs> how about how about once in a while, we just have you pre-record 60 minutes worth of whatever, and then like you play that while we talk over it and you record it. This is what I was built for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed my, I don't even know, like, just busting my balls just, I, and it was completely unplanned section it was unplanned too because you guys just like you guys I, I mean it may have been planned i was not a text message that involved that but <laughs> no just yeah, riffing just, on you just kind of so, happened funny enough i think all of us did our homework for this one though unlike last time i did not but i don't need to <laughs> right <laughs> i did the, the homework this time you're the one who gave the homework so i don't think that's necessarily that's true, that's true. Uh, so, I, <clears throat> so this week we're going to dive into the filmography of one of America's, dare I say, national treasures. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that too was unplanned. That one just fucking flew out of my mouth and I couldn't stop it. 
That hurt. I tried to stop it. I was like, just don't do it, please. We 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 we, we felt the we felt that hesitation in there. So we definitely knew that there was hesitation before you said it. So uh, what my idea was for this episode is because we all we all watched movies that we wanted to discuss of Nicolas Cage's, but he has so many movies in so many varying genres of so much manic acting that I, I want to kind of like mention at least all of his movies. So I was going to read his filmography off of Wikipedia and we will just um, kind of stop where we want to have a longer conversation about a particular movie or uh, breeze over it and just say a few words about it. I, I'm on board with you just reading Wikipedia word for word and, and Ricky and I get to listen. <laughs> it should be fascinating. Nicholas Kim Coppola, born parentheses. <laughs> um, so let us, let's just jump into it. Let's dive in, as the kids would say, in 1958. So let's start with his very first appearance as Nicholas Coppola was in the 1982 movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Now, have we all seen this movie? We have. I mean, I have. I have, uh, but it has been yeah. quite some time. I haven't seen it in a long time either. But did you know this movie can boast three Academy Award winning actors and a fourth Academy Nominated actress. Well, Sean Penn was in it. Two-time Academy Award winner. Uh, Nicholas Cage was in it. Academy Award winner. Forrest Whitaker. Okay. Makes a cameo. And Jennifer Jason Lee, I believe, was nominated for an Oscar. Wow. So that goofy-ass stoner movie produced three Oscar winners for serious roles, like you know, because keep in mind, Sean Penn had long hair and was playing a fucking like knockoff Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> um, so let's move to Valley Girl. Have we all seen that? I don't know uh, if I, I have. I'm, I don't I may... think I've ever seen it. I saw it a long time ago. Uh, it's not one of his best performances. He plays like a little punk rocker dude who hooks up with a fucking chick that's out of his league. I mean, it's the same, same states. It's a tale as old as time. Um, like Beauty and the Beast was. <laughs> Trying. The jokes just aren't coming as well tonight. <laughs> it's because it's your week. It is. Like, I feel like, I feel like Rick wants a little payback, so he's going to no-sell everything I say. <laughs> I don't know. Explain it to me, Drew. <laughs> uh, I can read the synopsis. Synopsis? Synopsis? Yeah, that word. Uh, but I'm not going to. So let's keep going until we get to some movies we have actually have an interest in talking about. Rumblefish? Has anyone seen Rumblefish? No, I can say I've never seen Rumblefish. You didn't have to watch that in school as part of your... Okay, no. so I believe the same person that wrote The Outsiders wrote the book Rumblefish, 
So uh, at least in my school, we had to read and watch that as well. I I just come like I think I only watched one Nicolas Cage movie ever in school. So which one? We'll get to it. Okay. Damn it. Suspense. <laughs> Leaving Las Suspense. Vegas. Got it. Atlantic <laughs> High School forever. No, this was a college movie. I didn't watch it in high school. Uh, oh, okay. Um, nineteen eighty four, Race the Moon. Any takers on that one? I have not seen that. Nope. Um, I have no clue what that's about. Uh, it's uh, being that it's a Nicolas Cage movie, I can only assume that Nicolas Cage gets into a foot race with a moon that actually grows legs and runs. Uh, well, I mean, later Nicolas Cage, that's the premise of the movie. Early Nicolas Cage, <laughs> he was trying real hard to be serious. So you think this may be not as, as I, silly as... Let's see. The synopsis says, uh, In 1942 California, two young men await induction into the U.S. Marines and say goodbye to their girlfriends. Again with Sean Penn. Wow. Uh, they were... They were I think they were boys back in the day. Before. And uh, Nicolas Cage, creative name of Nikki in that movie. Second time he plays that is in uh, one of his newer movies. He plays a Nikki as well. And we'll get to that one later. Um, the next three movies on this list I have not seen, so I know nothing about them. There's The Cotton Club in 1984. Any takers on that one? Nope. Cotton Club, 84. Okay. I, you're not going to get me until 87, so. Son of a bitch. 86 uh, for me. But. Yeah, 86 for oh, me as yeah, well. Technically 86, all right. Birdie? Any Birdie fans in the house tonight? <laughs> Let me show you my tattoo. <laughs> uh, the Boy in Blue, I have never even heard of. Um, so let's move on to the one that we have actually seen. Peggy Sue Got Married. I'm assuming Rick has seen that. Yes, I have seen Peggy Sue Got Married. It's been right. a long time since I've seen it, but I have seen it. Jason, Peggy Sue Got Married? Uh, same. Uh, it has probably been since, like, this came out in 86. I probably saw it in, like, 89. So, so I've seen it a little more recently than that, probably, like, 2010-ish. So I can go over the plot of that one a little bit. Basically, um, Kath Kathleen Turner... And Nicolas Cage are married and have a child. And in a bad marriage, they go to their high school reunion where she oopsie bumps her head and travels back to the 1950s and has to relive her high school life over again, much like the plot of 17 again with Zac Efron. Um, Jim Carrey's in it, not playing a schmuck. And Nicolas Cage is in it. He plays kind of a schmuck but not up to his manic like craziness uh he was still using i think his real voice back then and i think also had his real hair so uh this is vintage nicholas cage like before he uh put on the wig and started talking in a fake voice it is the start <laughs> of something interesting though because it's it's yeah. the first one with a different premise for sure yeah so uh, I'm assuming since one of you watched it for your homework, we can go into Raising Arizona. Yes. So um, I remember this as fondly as a child uh, because my parents had a very uh, different sense of humor, uh, which is definitely where mine comes from. 
And I remember watching this movie a few times. And much like Monty Python, as a child or as a youngster, maybe a, a, a wee tot, um, I didn't get it. Like, it was interesting. It was funny. Like, John Goodman's hysterical in it. But, like, I didn't get it. This movie mm-hmm. is fantastic. And for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, you can see this on IMDb because that's what I'm looking it up at. Uh, a childless couple, an ex-com and an, an ex-cop, decide to help themselves to one another's families, to one of another family's quintuplets. Their lives become more complicated. So they end up stealing a baby from a, a, a couple that's super wealthy, a guy who owns a, a car dealership, and then that guy ends up getting some bounty hunters out there, and the whole movie is just batshit crazy, and I love every minute of it. It is just a classic. Well, it's one of the first Coen Brother movies, right? Like, correct. Yeah, I was about to say it's probably one of the only Coen Brother movies I like. Really? Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of theirs. Wow. Yeah, did not did not dig the O Brother Where Art Thou. Did not. Oh, dig. I love O Brother Where Art Thou. I know what your homework. Burn be after reading, week. I didn't like. Um, trying to think of some of their other big movies, but yeah, I was I was just not a big fan of theirs. Um. But I did like this movie. Um, Fargo, Big Lebowski? I did like Fargo. Big Lebowski, I could take it or leave it. John Goodman bowling is, you know, just not the draw that it once was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed Raising Arizona. I have not seen this one in a while uh, either, but... I'd seen it several times, so I do remember the plot of it. And uh, this was early Cage, and this was the first, I think, big time director he he worked with. He's worked with a lot of like big time directors, as we will see going down the list. Which brings us to Moonstruck. Right, before we go away from raising Arizona, oh yes, we, please. There's there's one trend that I've seen in Nicolas Cage movies that I don't understand, and it it took me watching a couple of these to to really see it Mm -hmm. he may be the most intense quirky i don't know what you'd call it it's not bad acting it's just it's he's nicholas cage in every movie and that's okay but how does he land so many talented actors and actresses around him like it's it's fascinating this movie has john goodman holly hunter william forsyth um sam mcmurray francis mcdermott i mean i we're going to have the same trend. Just the people around him in these movies are fascinating. If you saw a Nicolas Cage movie, now granted raising Arizona was before he really like started going off his fucking rocker. But if you saw like a later Nicolas Cage movie and you saw that fucking insanity that he puts into his performance, would you not, just be like i kind of want to fucking be there when it happens like i, I want to see his process like i want to see him talk to the director like i can only imagine every director has like the minutes to midnight clock and at midnight it's full cage and before every take they have to like push where they want him like in his insanity level <laughs> The actors and actresses are just like, I like cocaine. Let's do it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I, I would, I would, uh, if I was an actor, I would pay to be in a Nicolas Cage movie so I could watch his process. 
I didn't even and afterwards. one of the worst ones, like the new ones, where it's just like, what? I'll learn how to be an actor just to just to see what happens with that. But when he just like absolutely loses his shit, what happens when he says cut? Does it like does he go right back to normal? Does he have to like take a few breaths and walk a little bit or smoke a cigarette or something like? I don't know. What like, the fuck is, is he, his process? Is he full method or is he just like I'm done and then walks out? I don't. I don't know how you shut it off. I don't. It, it's it's like a different version of Jim Carrey. You know? Or Robin Williams. Like, yeah, yeah. just people that can't like not. Uh, I don't know. Like I like I said, I would just I would I would pay to be in a movie with him just to see how it starts and how it ends, basically. <laughs> 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 You've sold me. I'm on board. Uh, so uh, with that said, uh, let's move on to the um, Cher and Danny Aiello-driven vehicle, Moonstruck, from 1987. Did anyone see that? I have seen it many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruth is a... My, my wife is a fan of that movie. So um, it's been a while since I've sat down and watched it, mm-hmm. but... And uh, for those who haven't seen it, Nicolas Cage has a wooden hand in the movie. Yes. It's very um, handy. Yes. And uh, he courts Cher, I believe, who is – it's been a long time since I've seen it. I remember liking it as a kid and not liking it as an adult, which is funny because it's more of an adult's movie. Um, I just watched it as a grown-up and did not find it entertaining in the least. The thing that is amazing about – for at least for me is it won three Academy – Academy Awards like Did it's it? an okay movie yeah it won for best actress best supporting actress and best original screenplay wow did Cher win an award for that yeah best actress holy crap. I thought she won it for that fucking movie where she was Mask? the fucking lawyer oh no no oh don't get me started on the film, <laughs> Rocky Dennis oh, oh. <laughs> struck a nerve oh Ooh. let's talk about that Oh, no, man. no, we'll save that. Save that for another one podcast. of Marty McFly's best performances. Um, no, the real Marty McFly. Um, <laughs> again, another movie, though, with Cher, Olympia Dukakis, Dana Aiello, uh, mm-hmm. John Mahoney of Frasier fame. I mean, God, I forgot he was in it. Yeah, man. Like, this is. Yeah, there sucks up all the oxygen in the room. He's a he's a top draw. Let's see. Uh, let me see who directed it. That's one of That'd be one Norman Jewison, which that's not a derogatory term, so everybody knows. It's just the man's name. All right, so Vampire's Kiss. I did not see this until probably about 10 years ago, but this is the movie that every fucking Nicolas Cage meme comes from. Um, Was this the one you were trying to get me to watch a couple years ago? Yes. Well, no, I've been trying to get anyone who will listen to me to watch a movie called Deadfall, I think it's called. It's dead something. Um, but this movie is where he... So first of all, not that our viewers at home can see it, but I have a Nicolas Cage pillow. <laughs> <laughs> he legitimately has one. He is showing to us on camera right now of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Soak it in. Soak in the madness. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> I don't have a pillow with anyone's face on it, nonetheless Nicholas Cage's. I did not pick this out. Someone knows me so well that they gave this to me as a Christmas gift knowing that I would love it. And I do. 
Wow. Um, was it Jim? It was not. Oh, my God. Not, it was not from a male. Oh. Was it so, your mom? No. <laughs> Fucking weird. No. Um, anyway, this is from Vampire's Kiss. This is where the meme comes from. But this is also the movie where um, Nicolas Cage, at one point, he's playing a guy that got, he's like a Wall Street type guy who got bit by a vampire and is slowly turning into a vampire. Um, this is the first time I remember, like. Is this a prequel to a later movie? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> um, not the one you watched the other day. Um he loses his shit so bad in this movie that at one point he screams singing the alphabet. And I don't mean says a few letters and then they go to the next scene. He goes A to Z, yelling <laughs> the alphabet, singing it. That's a whole scene? That is a whole fucking scene. And he throws paper <laughs> while doing it. I just want to hit that home. Like... Anyone who's listening that's like, I need to watch something that's like different. This is it. This is a know your memes and singing, screaming the alphabet. Wow. Nicholas Cage. I this no I'm idea. guessing is the beginning of his descent into madness. Um, I got the trailer on and it's even the trailer is full Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Just the body language. It's overly exaggerated. It's Wow. It's a, it's a comedy, even if it wasn't a comedy. A vampire comedy. Huh. Go figure. <laughs> There's a couple of those. <laughs> so the next movie on his list is Time to Kill, not to be confused with A Time to Kill. Um, I've not seen this movie. I'm assuming the, three, or the two of you haven't either. No. No. I've got a I while even... until my next one. Uh, really? Yeah, At least a little a bit. More minutes. That's weird. I figured you would have seen 1990. All right. So after Time to Kill is uh, Never I on have, Tuesday. But it's been a long time. Uh, so next is Never on Tuesday. I have never seen this movie. And he plays Man in Red Sports Car, so I'm guessing he is not <laughs> in it very much. It's listed as Unless... an uncredited cameo, and it was a direct-to-video thing, so... Let me tell you something. If I am man, hold on, let me get it up here so I don't confuse the character. Man in red sports car. All right. If I'm a character called man in red sports car, I want someone to have a line calling me man in red sports car and saying stuff to me. Like, that's my name. Like, that's my legal name in the movie is man in red sports car. And I also want to drive a blue sports car. <laughs> Just for... Just to break the irony, I, yeah. we could start calling you that. There's nothing stopping us from doing that. Man, man in blue Honda or man in black Honda. <laughs> I, 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 I traded that in a long time ago. Oh yeah, that's right. A man in gunmetal gray Honda. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds way cooler, actually. <laughs> gunmetal gray. Uh, I I believe it's called mercury gray now, though, because like you know they don't let's say gun. Um, yeah, so way to bring the podcast down there. Uh, Wild at Heart. This movie is one of his characters in a later movie, and by a later movie, I mean a 2022 movie, is based on his character he played in this movie. Um, 
This is the only time he worked with uh, David Lynch. And for a David Lynch movie, this thing is pretty tame. And for a Nicolas Cage movie, this thing is pretty tame. Um, I saw it one time, probably about 10 or 15 years ago. It doesn't like... Uh, people like it. It didn't really stand out for me. So it, It's Unless... got all the right ingredients, too. Like Laura Dern, William Will Defoe, Defoe. Crispin Glover. Yeah, you said William. It's Willem. <laughs> oh. Will I am Defoe. Is he another one of your friends? No, I would love to be friends with him though. Like if Willem Dafoe approached me, I would totally have a conversation with him. Are you shitting oh. me? That should be everybody. After this, after after the Nicolas Cage portion of this podcast, I am going to have a Rick Curry like story that I told you guys earlier. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> You've already heard it. I want to hear it again. All right, so <laughs> Firebirds. Any takers on that one? Uh, the fake uh, Top Gun remake. Is that what this is? Basically, yeah. It, it, except it's uh, with helicopters, Apache helicopters. Like, I want to oh. say that I've seen it before, but I don't. That's the one I'm not 100% sure. Alternate title, Wings of the Apache. That sounds more. That sounds like, like a Nicolas Cage movie, not Firebird. Yeah. But I picture if it's a Nicolas Cage movie, him having actual wings. <laughs> That are on fire? <laughs> yes. Wings made out of Apaches. Um. And uh, to keep with your uh, thing of him getting cast with people around him, uh, Nicolas Cage, Tommy Lee Jones, and Sean Young. I, that's what I mean. I mean, the guy just draws all this talent. And this was after The Vampire's Kiss, so people knew what they were getting into with this. Like. Tommy you think Lee they Jones just did it because they're like, I want to hang out with Francis Ford, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. They might be like, maybe they can see if they can get in the Godfather three. We were still, uh, oh, never mind. We're past the point of the Godfather three, I believe. Or like a, you know, a bottle of wine. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if I'm hanging out with a Coppola, though, I'm probably going to want to hang out with Sophia. Not, never mind. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you have your choice between Nicolas Cage. And the man who directed The Godfather and Sofia Coppola, and that's the one you want to hang well, out no, with? Well, yeah. no, we, we said a rela a, a, somebody related to, not the oh. person himself. Okay. But that was a firm yes for you, Jason? I'd hang out with Nicolas Cage. Are you kidding me? We don't know. I'm saying, like, he, he, he said, like, he would prefer um, Sofia Coppola to Francis that, Ford. That's his favorite. No, not Coppola. to Francis Ford. Right. Yo, you were saying that's your favorite Coppola. We were there. What I meant was not the a relative of. How about that? Mm -hmm. Although, isn't um, uh, what's her face? Uh, the Food Network person is related to Francis Ford Coppola too. Uh, Giada De Laurentiis. Are you kidding? I know. I think she is. The is hell? She, uh, does she specialize in making cannolis? I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's it wasn't funny, but it was hysterical. <laughs> uh, keep going, please. <laughs> Industrial Symphony Number no. One: colon, The Dream of the Broken Hearted. It's a concert film. Why is Nicolas Cage in it? Hold on one second. Let me click on it. Ah, his second. 
Oh, all right, all right. That's so what I'm David Lynch, this is, apparently. But... And Laura Dern, so I'm guessing this had something to do with uh, Wild at Heart. Who was the uh, Who was the band in question? You know what? Don't care. I'm not going to spend an hour looking for it. Uh, Zandali, any Zandali fans out there? I didn't know this movie existed. Thank God for IMDb. Um, once again, cast of Nicolas Cage, Judge Reinhold, Aaron Neville, I'm guessing the singer, and Steve Buscemi. And Nicolas Cage is rocking a sweet mustache in the poster. Uh, you missed Mar Marissa Tomei, too. Oh, did I miss that? I, I mean, she's apologize. down there, but she's, yeah. Shockingly. But what the hell is Aaron Neville doing in there? Who knows? It's a Nicolas Cage movie. They're just here to watch the show. Yeah, I'm sure he probably heard the rumors. Maybe he had him scream on one of the Neville Brothers albums. Um, Honeymoon in Vegas, a movie I have seen several times. Uh, has anyone seen that one? Okay. I want to say I've seen it, but I don't remember it. I Have you I like uh, this movie. I, mm -hmm. I do. It, because this is, he doesn't go full Nicolas Cage throughout the whole movie. But I will tell you, I watched another. I watched Leaving Las Vegas but recently uh, for mm -hmm. today's podcast because I guess I hate myself. I, <laughs> I would have bet you $100,000 that Leaving Las Vegas came out before Honeymoon in Vegas. It did not. It did not, no, because I, I was literally like, there's no way in 10 hells did Honeymoon in Vegas not come out at the end of the 90s and Leaving Las Vegas come out in the beginning of the 90s because it makes oh, wait. no earthly sense. You thought that movie was a late 90s movie? You thought that was post-Face-Off? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was like in that same vein because I remember it all being at the, like, the same sort of time. And Leaving oh, no, Las this... Vegas, I just thought it was like in the 80s, like super early Nick Cage, but it was not. No, no, this was um, this was Nick Cage. There's a certain point he hits with with me where I say he like went from actor to like star. Yeah. And that cutoff point is a movie called Trapped in Paradise. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no, this was uh, this was early 90s. Um, Sarah Michelle, not Sarah Michelle Geller, Sarah Jessica Parker, mm -hmm. James Caan, uh, basically a comedic version of Indecent Proposal. Um, I think James Conn tries to woo her. Um, there are flying Elvises in it. Yeah, man. This and... movie's great. So this movie literally, you, he, he racks up a gambling debt on Nicolas Cage mm -hmm. just so he can sleep with Sarah Jessica Parker. And it was like early nineties, Sarah Jessica Parker. And if you don't know what that means, kids, just look it up. Just watch the movie. It's fine. Yeah, watch the movie. You'll know exactly what it means. It was Rick. great. That the plane full of skydiving Elvises is what really kills it. That that yeah. scene is great. That uh, that definitely made me want to go to Las Vegas and um, see Elvis impersonators, <laughs> which I have yet to do. Um, <laughs> so blah, 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 blah. ah. This movie I saw once, maybe twice. I do not remember any of it. Um, I think they were criminals. Amos and Andy, it's him and Samuel L. Jackson. And I think they were criminals. Um, did either of you see that? Um, 
Yes, but I needed a reminder on this one. So, um, I, it, here I'll read the synopsis. <laughs> a Pulitzer Prize right went. Pulitzer Prize-winning writer buys a cabin. The neighbors get suspicious when a stranger breaks in. They see a black man and call the police, who starts shooting at him. The sheriff tries to cover up the involving a white petty crook. Uh, bad idea. So Nicolas Cage is a crook. He breaks into Samuel L. Jackson's house. The neighbors think, because Samuel L. Jackson's black, that he's the person breaking in, and hijinks right. ensue. Okay. okay. All right. All right. That's um. That's a movie that was acceptable in the 1990s. Yeah, I actually feel like we're going to get emails from our five listeners just Probably. for saying that. Just for reading the plot. Yeah, just for reading uh, the That plot. was not our movie. That is not a 2184 film. Um, <laughs> nor is it a third floor media film. Or, uh, Jason, do you have a production company you want to make up real quick? Uh, they, um, <laughs> I, not on the spot, no. <laughs> but, uh, I, it's I, not a not on the spot film either. I <laughs> wonder I wonder if Jason remembers my high school production company name. <laughs> Oh, um, no. What was it? Bucket beans. <laughs> oh, God. All I remember is Peachy 69. Oh, God. My old AOL account. You know, today, even today, <laughs> I still use the term Peachy solely because I'm friends with you. Right. And that's the only reason I even started that account, like named it that was because I used to use the word Peachy all the damn time. And I don't know why. I, I still get questions because I have to I have to interact with a lot of young folks and I say peachy and they go, what does that mean? And first, I'm old. And second, I have to explain that a very good friend of mine <laughs> taught it to me a long time ago and now I can't help but use it all the time. So thank you. You're welcome. I dropped it in college for sure. There's oh. like five phrases I say specifically because um, of my grandmother. And uh, one of those is all's well that ends well. And I say it constantly and I always have to forward it with, as my grandma would say, because otherwise I sound like an 85 year old man <laughs> with dementia. With dementia. <laughs> yes. But all's well that ends well, as my grandma would say. I like your grandma. She's cool already. She's a cool old lady. Um, Mine was cool. You would have loved her. She loved wrestling. That's how mine I got too. into wrestling when I was a kid. I watched a Mike Tyson fight with my grandma once. But mostly we would watch Star Trek and play cards. Man, how much cooler were our grandparents than today's kids' grandparents? Like, I, I, I've i lost my parents, but if I had kids and, like, my parents were grandparents, they'd, they'd be pretty cool. But, like, our grandparents were cool. Oh, you want to go play with my gun? Go for it. Go outside. <laughs> Our, parent, our grandparents fought in, like, two wars, or, like, four, possibly. <laughs> they went through the Depression. They're like, ah, if you die, we'll just make another one. Yeah, Who cares? These, are, these were hard fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think part of it, too, was they didn't have a lot of money to, like they went with our parents, so they tried to spoil us instead of, like, right. to make up for it. I don't like, know. Skip the generation. Right. Okay, moving Sorry, on. Didn't mean to derail. Next movie. No, it's 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 quite all right. Um, so this is the movie that I saw in college. Red had, Rock West. That I had to watch for a film movie or film class. The hell okay, did you last... watch this movie for? Honestly, it's a really good movie. Like it, it was a he wanted to show a modern film noir. I mean, this was 1999, so it was six years old at the time, or maybe it was 2000. Either or. Um, but yeah, it was a, a modern film noir 
and he wanted to explain what film noir was and blah blah blah. So we had to watch Red Rock West because he really enjoyed that movie, and okay. it was good. I mean, it's Maybe. honestly like it's Nicolas Cage in a different type of role. So I don't know. He was still finding himself back then. He's I do definitely more also one of Dwight Yoakam's first movies. So yes, he is barely in it, but he is in it. Um, but so is Dennis Hopper, uh, Laurel Flynn Boyle. I mean, it's it's got a decent upper cast, but then there's a lot of people who are just there kind of thing. Is so. it a youthful Dwight Yoakam, like pre-going bald? I, I think he is one of those people who was just always bald. Okay. All right. I, I, I didn't realize until he started making movies he was bald because um, he always had the hat on in his music. Covers. Maybe not. Maybe kind of like Nicolas Cage, where he always has like a wispy hair, you know, mm-hmm. just always a little oh, bit up there. Nicolas Cage's real hair left him many years ago. <laughs> um, next on the list is finally the movie I recommend anyone anyone watches, uh, Deadfall from 1993. And I just saw this movie three years ago for the first time because I bought a Blu-ray pack. Of six Nicolas Cage films. And this was one of them. And I was like, well, shit, let me watch it. I've never seen it. And let me tell you something. Other than those douchey glasses Rick just put on. (laughs) 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 Nicolas Cage is a full on fucking maniac in this movie. Everything you've ever heard about him, the screaming, the yelling, the saying weird shit, the overreacting, the overacting. He poured it all into this role. Like this takes the vampire's kiss and just builds on it. Damn. Um, and this is a movie I, I've never heard of. I've never I, seen it, never heard of it. No idea. I cannot recommend this movie enough. Um, I believe it was directed by Rick's friend, Christopher Coppola. Um. No, he doesn't like that one. Who? Not my favorite Coppola. No, he only likes no? Sophia. I thought that this was the first of two movies that he um, he did with... Um, oh, who is the fucking NYPD blue guy right now? I can't remember right now. CSI Miami. Oh, uh, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Damn it. I can see his face. Yeah. Clear as day. Red hair. Yep. Anyway, he's not in it. He's not in it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. David, is it David? We'll find out in two more movies. All right. <laughs> David Caruso. David Caruso. Yes. David I thought Caruso. this was. I thought I remembered him being in it, but he's not. Charlie Sheen is in it. And Charlie Sheen, Peter Fonda, Mickey Dolans. I mean. That would be the first of two Peter Fonda collaborations. Peter Fonda plays a character named Pete in the movie. That's a stretch. Shocking. Is that like where Tony Danza constantly plays a character named Tony in every fucking thing he does? Because I think he can't remember any other name but Tony. <laughs> or Samantha or Mona. Mona? Jonathan? All right. That's my Tony Danza. Samantha? <laughs> All right, Guarding Tess. I'm assuming both of you have seen Guarding Tess. Yeah, we had grandparents. We like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this, movie, this movie was fun. Him, Shirley MacLaine, 
he plays a secret agent or a, a secret service agent who has to protect her. She's a little rough around the edges, but eventually they bond and have a baby. <laughs> it's like driving Miss Daisy <laughs> for a white guy. Sure. All right. So let's move on to It Could Happen to You. I'm assuming we've all seen that as well. Yes, I enjoyed this movie. It was it, it was a very lighthearted movie that I appreciated. I believe based on a true story. Uh, yes, it is based yes. on a true story on a real yeah. on a real life news story. Yeah. So uh, Cage is a New York City cop, um, but it's not that kind of movie. He's not uh, he's not throwing people in jail in this one. He is buying a lottery ticket. And is too broke to afford to tip a waitress, so he promises her a percentage of his lottery winnings should he win, or she could take the little bit of cash he had for a tip. She took the the winnings from the lottery, and he wins by some miracle and keeps his promise to give her the money, which causes friction between him and his wife, Rosie Perez, who you don't see anymore at all. Which is a shame because nobody does pissed off like Rosie Perez. Right, I know. Uh, they end up splitting up. Spoilers, the movie's fucking 30 years old. Um, Bridget Fonda and Nicolas Cage get together. Uh, they lose money, but New York City loves their story so much that each one of them sends them money. And at the end, I believe they end up in a hot air balloon. <laughs> that is what Wikipedia will not tell you. I love your highlights. <laughs> I just like, like, you know, I go Stuart Scott on it. I just want to let you know what happened. I'm not not fluffing it. And again, so that we continue on, uh, Wendell Pierce, Isaac Hayes, uh, and uh, Stanley Tucci bless this movie with their presence. Uh, that would be the first of at least two collaborations with the Tooch. With the Tooch. The Tooch. Let's see. All right, so... Here is the line where I say Nicolas Cage goes from being just a schmucky actor to a, like, a, after this point, he starts his ascent up to, to being, like, a mainstream, like, star. And this would be Trapped in Paradise, the Christmas classic, uh, with him, Dana Carvey, and John Lovitz. Have you guys seen this movie? I don't know I if have I have. Seen this movie. I remember not enjoying this movie when I was a kid. <laughs> really? I I rented this movie. I So, as I love to tell stories of yesteryear, because uh, I'm an old man, I uh, helped a friend move, a friend's dad move, uh, senior year in high school. And afterwards, like, we were thanked by having... Him rent trapped in paradise. Oh. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you know, Your no pizza, suck. no pizza, no beer, no money. <laughs> Here's a movie with Nicolas Cage, John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey. And you loved um, it. I did. And this is, I believe, the last. No, I can't say it's the last movie now that I'm looking down the list. One of the last movies before he started wearing a hairpiece. Uh, let's just put it that way. Um, but basically. He gets out of prison. It's Christmas time. Uh, his brothers, Dana Carvey and John Lovitz, who have no family resemblance at all, 
convince him to go rob a bank in a small town where they do uh, guilt gets the better of them and they end up coming back and returning the money shenanigans ensue and they end up at the people the bank owner's house for christmas dinner so there's a lot of a lot of stuff to unpack with that movie i would recommend that you see it rick okay jason give it a second chance i will i will give it a second chance on your blessing on his when you're when you're laying out your list of christmas movies that you're going to watch this year be sure to add trapped in paradise to the list it's an instant classic. I'm making a note right now. I wonder I, if Ruth I, has ever seen it. She's I big would, on Christmas movies. so I'm willing to bet that eventually 24 hours of A Christmas Story will be replaced by 24 hours of Trapped in Paradise. I'll, I'll take that bet. <laughs> and you'll <laughs> win 10 times out of 10. <laughs> so I believe this is uh, another movie that Jason's going to stop us for. Oh, never mind. Nope, nope. Before that, we're getting one I'm stopping for. 1995, don't have my glasses on. Kiss of Death. Did anyone see this fucking movie? No. I know I've seen it, but I could not tell you what the plot of it is. This movie is fucking awesome. And I mean, the ca- I'm just looking at the cast. David Caruso, Samuel L. Jackson, Helen Hunt, Vin Rames, Stanley the Tucci. The Tucci, the Tucci, Tucci is, is back. back. <laughs> um... So this movie, um, oh, God, it features so much shit in it. Uh, Nicolas Cage is a is the son of like a mob boss that David Caruso used to work for. David Caruso did a stint in jail for the boss and Nicolas Cage. He's getting out. He's trying to live like a normal person's life. Helen Hunt is his wife. Long story short, a robbery or something went wrong. Samuel L. Jackson's a police officer that David Crusoe shot in the eye by accident and his eye leaks through the whole movie. Okay, so you have that to start off with. <laughs> you have Samuel L. Jackson's eye leaking. He does say motherfucker in it a bunch. Okay. All right. So for some reason, uh, uh, David Crusoe gets goaded into like selling out Nicolas Cage and his crew. So he's going undercover. All right. So he has to gain Nicolas Cage's trust again. There's a scene in a strip club with a shirtless, no, I'm sorry, a wife beater wearing Nicolas Cage, super jacked, bench pressing a stripper. God, he's shredded for this movie. There are no special effects here. He's bench pressing a stripper. Um, Before he jumps up and down and I believe does a bunch of cocaine and starts talking about how his dad has died. That is one of the great scenes in that movie. All right. There's a second scene where we don't know that Ving Rams is an undercover agent and he is buying some stolen cars and freaks out because one of them is red and he don't like the color red. Okay. <laughs> There's that scene. I, you sold me more on this one than you did on Trapped in Paradise. I am very passionate about this movie. All right. <laughs> Why didn't I watch this instead of leaving Las Vegas? Good. Oh, you should have. You just should have watched this. You should have watched the shit out of this. Stupid. So at one point, um, David Caruso. um, Fuck, where am I going with this? I'm trying to get to. I'm just trying to get the highlights of the scenes in here. 
where he's really like out of his fucking mind. Oh, all right. So there's the classic line in there of <clears throat> Nicholas Cage in the worst New York accent tells David Caruso to stop by the shop so that they can have a talk about life and shit. I have used this line. If this movie came out in 1995, <laughs> I have now used this line for almost 30 fucking years now. <laughs> like it is, it is one of my favorite movie shit. lines. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movie lines. If I had to make a list, like they made the hundred greatest movie quotes of all time, and there's like, here's looking at you, kid, and shit. My number one would probably be stop by the shop and we'll have a talk about life and shit. Wow. So like, can um, we just add and shit to all of the uh, all the quote movie quote lines? Because you just didn't it made it that much better. Here's looking at you. Here's kid. looking at you, kid. <laughs> and, and shit. And shit. <laughs> Come <laughs> and shit. <laughs> you can't handle Toto. the truth and, and shit. <laughs> Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore and shit. <laughs> you had me at hello and shit. <laughs> Winner. <laughs> Luke, I am actually he doesn't say Luke, I am your father, so I can't even say that. Use the force and shit. <laughs> All right. So I <laughs> Highly recommend this movie. Great movie. Um, corny as fuck. Nicolas Cage's character's name is Little Junior Brown. Again, bench press as a stripper. Just saying. <laughs> um, 1995, Nicolas Cage finally wins his one and only Oscar for the movie. Take it away, Jason. Leaving Las Leaving Vegas. Las Vegas <laughs> uh, which is the polar opposite of Honeymoon in Vegas. Uh, the, both both feature Las Vegas prominently. <laughs> um, this movie is about a guy who a, a Hollywood writer whose wife leaves him and takes his son, and so he decides to and commit shit. suicide by alcohol poisoning and just decides to drink himself to death. Um, and then he goes to Las Vegas because you know that's what you do, and finds Elizabeth Shue, who's a prostitute. Um, uh, who is uh, her pimp is uh, a Russian mobster and they allude to him getting shot at one point and he just kind of disappears from the rest of the movie. Uh, if you want something to really bum you out for a while, this is the movie <laughs> for you. Um, netted Nicholas Cage, his first and only Oscar so far, so far, you know, watching it again so far, it, it, yeah, we'll get there. Watching it again, though, this movie is basically a play. I don't know if you guys like to to watch plays or anything like that, but I, I enjoy going to the theater. And this whole movie is the closest thing I've ever seen to a artistic play because it's mostly two characters all the way through the whole movie with a couple of side characters who come in. There's a lot of narration. You could probably perform this whole this whole film in front of an audience who would immediately be bummed out by the end of the movie or end of the show. I, um, I don't remember a lot about this movie. I've seen it a few times, but I have not seen it in at least 20 years. I just remember some scene with him in a bank. Yeah. So there's a, there's a spot in a bank where he might as well be a podcaster at this point. Cause he's, <laughs> he goes in at first and he's going through DT <laughs> And he's he's like he he's kind of shaking and he's full Nicolas Cage like his he's all, he looks the makeup's terrible he looks like crap and he's he's trying to talk to the lady and cash a check so he can get all his money out and and she's not 
buying it. So he has to go to a bar and he just starts hammering bourbon. And then he, <laughs> he goes into the, back into the bank and he's a little looser now, right? But he's he's got a tape recorder in his hand because it's the 1990s and we don't have anything other than that yet. And he is narrating what he wants to do to the bank teller or what he's doing to the bank teller in his mind as it pertains to alcohol about stripping her naked and pouring on her body and licking it all over and and we're not exactly a pg podcast but i'm not going to get too detailed but it gets super deep and um there's a lot of people in line and credit to all the people who had to stand around in line and act that they were surprised by nicholas cage because i feel like they were legitimately surprised by what he was saying um (laughs) Yeah, but the whole movie, it's just crazy. And again, it's another one. You got Nicolas Cage, well, obviously. Nick, Elizabeth Shue, uh, Julian Sands, who's like the bad guy in every movie from the late 90s and or early, late 80s and early 90s. Uh, Richard Lewis, even Weber. Um, uh, shoot, who else did I see was in this? Um, uh, Mariska Hargitay plays a hooker. So SVU, that's where she got her start. Um Danny Hudson, uh, Houston was a uh, bartender at one point. I, I mean, just you watch the movie and it's like a who's who of early 2000s up to today um, of people, of, of character actors. Um, it is an absolute bummer of a movie, but totally worth watching. I, I can see why it won a, a few awards because it was, it was very well done. Anything that involves Richard Lewis is going to be gold. I'm just going to put it out there right now. Agreed. Uh, I, I have a similar. Does he does he do this impact. at any point in the show or a movie? Oh, it's the very beginning remember. of the movie. He's like, oh, okay. I, I can't give you any more money. Um, yeah. I have a similar <laughs> theory about Bill Paxton. Any movie where Bill Paxton died, God rest his soul, uh, was a great movie. Except for Life itself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ouch! I mean, too soon. <laughs> the man hasn't even gone a full twenty years yet. Oh, I forgot French Stewart's in this movie. Uh, I mean, oh lord! <laughs> in French Stewart's in the opening, like the opening hooker scene, which it, that whole thing is crazy too. But and he, all he is is like creepy mobster number three. Let's see, no businessman number two is what his title is. Is um, this pre thirty third third rock from the sun? Oh yeah, because he's just sitting on a couch watching uh, the the hooker bang it out with the businesswoman. So yeah, that's. That, that, that is this movie. Um, okay. Go ahead and give it a shot if you feel like your life is going too well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you're having a good day and don't feel like you deserve to be having a good day, check this movie out. If you feel like life is going too well, watch Leaving Las Vegas. That'll turn you around. <laughs> Things go too well and you kind of just don't want to jinx it. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so now... Now we get into the fun ones. Now we're getting into, like, this is fucking, like... As as me and Rick would call it uh, uh, with the golf terms, this is the amen corner of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, so we, <laughs> we got The Rock, all right? Not Dwayne Johnson. I'm just going to throw that out there for anyone who was curious. Um, again, working with another big-time director, director... Uh, but was Michael he really Bay. big? Was he really big? Like at that point, he wasn't yet. Michael I think Bay. That was he started Michael Bay too. No, nah, he did Bad Boys in '95. Yeah, but st- oh, I mean, okay. it was still the beginning of. It was pre massive amounts of lens flare. That's Michael true. Bay. <laughs> you could actually and watch also, the movie. 
there was no sign of Miami with an airplane flying over it either. Um, but The Rock, I think everyone's seen this movie. Um, like I said, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on his three big, huge movies, but um, I mean, great movie. I was say, yeah, The Rock with Sean Con. I mean, yeah, it's a great movie. It's and, a great movie. And Go ahead. Watch. Sean Connery and I share a birthday. I'm just going to put that out there as well. Um, I'm sure he's very happy about that. Yes. Oh, I mean, he's probably not. I share a birthday Karen. with Drew. Gosh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. They, <laughs> all, they call him Gunmetal Honda. <laughs> <laughs> I think I killed Ricky. <laughs> you may have. Oh. Bastard. <laughs> Bastard. Um, Sean Connery is just doing, through this whole movie a poor impersonation of Tom Hardy's Bane. <laughs> oh, God damn. Yeah, that's that's remarkably accurate. <laughs> <laughs> then you have my permission to die. All right. I won't do Bane ever again. I, I will. That's, that's a lie. I can't not do it now that I've done it once. All right. So after The Rock comes the meme-worthy Con Air. Mm. Um, or should I say GIF-worthy? Is it more no more for like the GIF of him? I think that's the more the the GIF, as we like to say in plain yeah. society. Okay. Um, again, everyone has seen this fucking movie. Uh, Nicholas Cage plays a hillbilly uh, with long hair who gets on an airplane with John Malkovich, Steve Buscemi, uh, I believe Bubba Gump um, is on there as well. Uh, MC Ganey. Yep. Um, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. <laughs> uh, this is a star-studded, like, Ving Rhames. Yeah. Collaboration number two with Ving Rhames. Um, Probably one of Cole Meany's biggest movies. <laughs> the, f- the first of two collaborations <laughs> with uh, John Cusack. And uh, who, is the, who is his wife in there? Monica Potter? Yep. Yep. Yeah. She, I, I mean, uh, basically, this is the the origin stories of the Expendables, right? Yeah, it is. Really, it's um, it's a fun movie. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It's a fun movie. I don't know. Did you? Are you I, fans yes. of it? I yes. Yeah. That that the, this this trio right here is a great like. I've never seen a Nicolas Cage movie. All right, watch these three movies. You're yeah. going to enjoy it. It's not full Nicolas Cage, but it's great. Yeah, You're not going to get Well, you get a little bit in the next movie. He, he kind of loses his shit. Okay, he yeah, does. the next one. Yes. He has an opportunity to really <laughs> get nuts. All right, so I'm just, you know, the next movie. Literally, if you have not seen this movie, you cannot call yourself a Nicolas Cage fan. Face Off, where he plays John Travolta. Yes. Not for the whole movie. He gets the opportunity to play John Travolta later on. So he plays Sean Archer, or no, he plays Caster Troy slash Sean Archer. Uh, one, a villainous terrorist. The other, a uh, Boy Scout who is obsessed with catching. You know the plot. I'm not even going to fucking, you know what? I'm not going to go into it. I'm not. Just, we're going to take the face off of this. We're going to take his face off. off. He does at one point yell die very loud for a very long time. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> I, I love this movie so much. Especially the the when John Travolta 
is acting like a batshit crazy Nicolas Cage. It's yes, I know. Gorgeous. He's just like, how do I say? It? He's just sassy when he plays Nicolas Cage's part. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Hey, baby. No, I got you. Like, hate, it to just, watch, it's, mm. hate to watch you go, but I like to watch you leave. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> that movie is, I'm going to watch that movie this weekend. <laughs> um, again, him working with big time directors. This is a John Woo movie. Woo. Um, woo. Not Ric Flair. Um, <laughs> so, as Forrest Gump would say, that's all I have to say about that. Um, his next movie on paper, I was really excited about, but then I saw it. Uh, City of Angels. Uh, when I was a child, Meg Ryan was my childhood crush. Um, so putting her together with my favorite actor could only make a movie that was absolutely ridiculous uh, and involved Nicolas Cage being an angel who decides to transform himself into a human being so that he can attempt to woo Meg Ryan, who is a nurse or a doctor. I'm sorry. I did not realize it was a remake. It's a remake? Yeah. It's a loose remake of Wim, Win Wim Wenders' 1987 film Wings of Desire, which was set in Bra Bra uh, Berlin. Not to be confused with Wings of Apache. So funny enough, I think I went. I think I went on a date to see City of Angels. Uh, that's how you stay at first base for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, this was not a. This was not one of his better movies when he was in his like mega star days. Um, like I said, I was very excited to see that pairing come together, and you know, then it happened. Um, any thoughts on that movie other than? Wanting to dabble more into how Rick's date went to see it. I mean, it's solid first base hit or what? I mean, I I think it went pretty well. I I don't remember like it was forever and a half ago. Like, yeah. I mean, it was April of nineteen ninety eight when it came out. So like, yeah. Was it was it a dinner and a movie setup? Probably. That's what generally my dates were at that point in my life. So in, in 1998, what kind of fancy dining was Rick taking a lady to? Oh, God. We're talking uh, talking Denny's or? Applebee's. No, that's high class for like, you were what, 18? Me? In 1998? Yeah. I'm guessing 16. I was 16. There you go. Oh, okay. I didn't turn 18 until July of 99. Okay. All right. I mean, <laughs> Jason was a senior in high school. Getting ready to graduate. <laughs> so you were eighteen. Uh, yes, I was eighteen. So you you could afford that Applebee's. I, I could afford that Applebee's. I, I don't remember there being an Applebee's in Port Orange at the time, though. Oh yeah, man my my picture's still on the wall in the Applebee's in Port. Oh, Orange. that's right. Is I know my picture was up, but I didn't know if it had opened yet. I guess it may. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. No, that was that was big time. We Is this fancy. don't accept checks from? picture or or what are we talking about here <laughs> no because so when they opened the applebee's they asked for like local high school photos and stuff like that and like i, I had a band photo in there and i had the football uh, yeah photo. i had yeah i think actually i think i'm still hanging up in giuseppe's too but that's a whole nother <laughs> man we're like port orange famous i know we are <laughs> that's that's your next movie drew port orange famous. port orange famous <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? I may not do that, but you know what? Um, for my scene, like, you know, if I have you guys in the town hall scene of this movie, I will make you a shirt that says Port Orange Famous. Oh, <laughs> and you that shirt's going sit. to the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, you can <laughs> sit right there with it. I'll put it clear on camera. <laughs> I, I already talked to Jen, too, and she's she's definitely in if you need more people because I, oh, absolutely. I, I talked to a few people and they're, they're like on board and Jen's all over it because she knows if you let me, I'll go full Nick Cage. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I could do it. I I will probably let you, even if some of it ends up on the cutting room floor, just to see it. I have a friend who works in public government, and he's been telling me stories about when he has to go to these crazy meetings, and I am saving them. <laughs> awesome. All right. I know so, what we're all here today to talk about. The mutilation of children and their genitalia. Yeah, you weren't expecting that. <laughs> I don't think I can put that in my PG movie. Well, you're gonna have to edit away. <laughs> Sorry, this is gonna be a 17-hour uh, podcast because we're no, nah, we're only, only like, like 75. We're only 75 movies away, and a lot of these are <laughs> <movies> up. <laughs> uh, we we may have to get to the point where we start skipping a few because we've probably tapped out on most. We, but but now are gonna be the movies that like we've most of us have seen along the way. Yeah, like true. All right, so. Uh, Snake Eyes. Okay movie. Yeah, not bad. Uh, him, Gary Sinise, gambling, crooked cops, fixed boxing matches. Going Another CSI connection? Uh, yeah, Gary Sinise. Um, also another Forrest Gump connection. Yeah. Because Bubba Gump's in uh, Con Air. Uh, any any thoughts on this one? Lieutenant Dan, you got new legs. <laughs> Snake Eyes is fine. Feel free to watch it. It was an okay movie. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Here, here is a movie I, I thought I liked it when I saw it, and then the more I've seen it over the years, I just don't like it. Eight millimeter. I, see, I've seen it a couple times, but it, it's been a while. It's like, been a long it, time since I've seen it. I liked it. I re, I remember this not fondly because it's about a pretty messed up storyline, but it's I re, I liked it. Um. I know there is a scene where he goes to arrest someone who is blasting dancing in his house. So there's like a long scene where he's searching through a house waiting for someone to jump out at him while dancing plays. So if that's your type of thing, I highly recommend this movie. Uh, I believe Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Tony Soprano are mm -hmm. in it too. A ponytailed Tony Soprano. Uh, back when he had the long hair. And it's another one that'll bum you out really well too, if you're interested. Yeah, absolutely. And here comes a, this one. The, the, this next little uh, three pack of movies is is I love all these movies. See, I don't know if I've seen so much. the next one. I've seen the ne the other two, but I don't know. If I've seen Bringing Out the Dead. Uh, if <sighs> there's one one or two scenes in particular. If you haven't seen this, you would know as soon as you saw those scenes. Yeah. This movie, I, I absolutely love this movie. And it's Cage, like, they've they've set the table for him to be crazy. Like, they've given a legitimate reason for him to be crazy. He's an overnight ambulance driver who is overworked and fucking tired. And that is a recipe for fucking turn the fucking minutes to midnight clock to full cage and just let him go. And he doesn't even go completely mad in the movie. Uh Another Ving Rhames one, another John Goodman one. Tom Sizemore, I believe, is the other yep. partner in it. 
Patricia Arquette. Uh, who eventually married. Um, it's a Martin Scorsese film. So this is his one and only time I believe he worked with Martin Scorsese. Uh, but I, I cannot recommend this movie enough. I absolutely love it. I'll have to watch it. I, Cause it's I honestly flick. don't remember. It, it actually might be a good flick for Halloween. It's not like a scary movie. It's just, there's some crazy shit that happens. So there's a lot of cool lighting inside mm-hmm. the ambulance like the, the lighting in it's really cool um they like say I, I mean it's a scorsese so it's going to be well done but it, i just I, I i absolutely love this movie I, I like the shadows in the movie too I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a stupid thing to say but just the way it accents everything it's just done mm-hmm. perfect um yeah great movie um highly recommended gone in 60 seconds i fucking love this movie um yeah, you, you have to be dead to not enjoy this movie. Yeah, this one, again, another, like, I don't know if it's a star-studded cast, but it was, like, youthful stars of the moment, like James Kahn, and, or not James Kahn, Scott Kahn, mm-hmm. Giovanni Rabushi, um, uh, Angelina Jolie, yeah, Timothy Angelina Jolie. Oliphant is fucking, like, there's two movies that he is just, like, on top of his game in this and, and the movie Go. Uh, I could do another mm-hmm. full podcast about the movie Go. But, um, yeah, there's a point where, like, a wrecking ball goes into a cop car, <laughs> smashes it into a wall, and Tim- Timothy Oliphant goes, hey, are you okay? Because you just went through a fucking wall. <laughs> um, has, has my all-time favorite car in it, which is the um, Mustang Shelby, um, Eleanor. Eleanor. Um, so I, I watch a lot of YouTube car videos because i like cars Mm -hmm. um i was amazed at the number of um lawsuits that the family who owns the rights to eleanor filed Mm -hmm. against every single freaking person that had said anything about eleanor ever really yeah like wow i I mean like if they built one that was similar to and may have used the word eleanor Mm -hmm. uh you know if it happened to be a carol shelby and like even um, what was it? The uh, I want to say Carol Carol Shelby, like the guy who built the original Mustang, mm-hmm. got sued by the people who own the rights to the name Eleanor. We live in a dumbass world. Yeah. Um, this Mustang and John Wick's Mustang are my two favorite, absolute mm. favorite Mustangs in the world. Like they're my favorite cars, hands down. Like I love two cars um but it's a fun movie comedy action um i actually got to the first time i went to la um got to ride over the the bridge that they that he drives eleanor over oh so that was pretty cool and then i got to see the the docks where they drive um again it's one of those movies like face off if you haven't seen this just just go fucking see it Oh, so I didn't (laughs) just reading up on the the lawsuit. Apparently, uh, it was deemed at least twice now. It was upheld in uh, on appeal, Uh, but they can no longer the uh, they invalidated the copyright on it. Oh, wow. Because the insert the assertion that Eleanor was a distinctive character was uh, an invention of overzealous advocacy. And the car was not entitled to a standalone standalone copyright protection as a matter of law. Hey. So, hey, good to know. Check one for the good guys. 
All right. So next we have. Family Man? Family Man. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite Nicolas Cage movie of all time. I love this movie. Um, it is like a um, like a retelling of a loose retelling of It's a Wonderful Life uh, using like modern and by modern, I mean the year 2000. So a very outdated now uh, story. Uh, have either of you guys seen this one? I don't think I've ever seen this one. I have, but it was like when it first came out. <laughs> So this is it's another Christmas Christmassy type movie. It starts at Christmas and ends at Christmas. Uh, Nicholas Cage is like a, a, a rich, snobby Wall Street trader type of fucking guy who's obsessed with his job. Uh, he left. Ow, just crack my back. Um, he uh, he was dating uh, with uh, Tay Leone from Bad Boys. He was dating her in college. He left her to go take an internship at a bank. Uh, saying that, you know, it made more sense. And uh, you find out they never got back together. And, uh, you know, supposedly when they first laying out his life, he seems very happy, uh, lives in a big building, drives a Ferrari uh, from the looks of it as a giant womanizer. Um, Christmas Eve, he's walking home. He runs into Don Sheetle, who is uh, trying to get a convenience store clerk to pay him for a lottery ticket that the guy's saying it's a scam. Uh, Nicholas Cage offers to buy the ticket off of him. Uh, Don Sheetle's impressed with this. And we find out Don Sheetle is an angel who sends him uh, looking at what his life would be like. Had he stayed with uh, Tay Leone instead of becoming like the rich broker and uh, it just shows him having like a completely average, like a, a, a you know, it's what the what you would call a fish out of water, like having a completely average life and trying to adjust to it. And he doesn't for most of the movie. Uh, he's like a complete asshole for most of it. Doesn't understand it. Doesn't understand what's going on. And of course, when he finally starts getting into the swing of things, it's time to like go back to his regular life. And when he wakes up, obviously he's depressed because he had grown used to that life and, uh, you know, meets up with Tay Leone and tries to make things right. Credits. Um, again, my favorite movie, I'm not doing it justice with my brief little overview of it. It's um, for a Brett Radner movie. It's actually got a lot of heart to it because that guy usually just makes like douchey movies. Um, you know. They're good. Like Rush Hour is good. Tower Heist is good. But, you know, the guy made Red Dragon. I mean, yeah, I mean, but uh, the, this movie is is absolutely great. Uh, it's a good holiday movie or just watch it in the middle of fucking June. Uh, highly recommend it. Game on. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen the movie. You should definitely check it out. All right. Uh, not much. I mean, there's a little bit of Manic Cage in there, but not too much. Um, so are you guys okay with uh, me just reading names of movies until we get to 2002? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm on board okay. with that. So he did next. He followed up The Family Man with Bel Air. Well, never mind. He was just a producer on that. Just a producer on Shadow of the Vampire. One of the worst movies he ever made. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Giant piece of shit didn't like it moving on christmas carol i have never seen and i believe we we're up to a jason take it away with wind talkers i uh, well i didn't see this one but i have seen it multiple times 
I, I was it Rick that watched it? No, I didn't watch Wind Taker. I mean, yeah. I've I've seen it or Wind Talkers. I haven't. I saw uh, it I'm, a long time. Ago. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Lord of War. I'm sorry. Um, so I I really like this movie, uh, mm-hmm. partly because I love the story behind it. Mm-hmm. It's very very dramatized, but I appreciate the fact that they show how um, the the Navajo language was used in World War II and nobody could break the code. Like literally that's a, it's a fascinating story if you've never read it before. Um, but it's a great movie. Highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun to watch and it's a John Woo movie. Woo. All right. Um, Sonny, uh, he was the director of this movie. I've never seen it. Never even like really heard of it. Uh, then he moves into adaptation, which I thought was a little later in his career, but this is the second time he got an Oscar nomination. He plays a real guy and a real guy's fake twin brother. Uh, it's a comedy drama type of movie. It's 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 all right. It's watchable. I enjoyed it. I, I like. OK, so I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember it being enjoyable when I did watch it. So it's an interesting movie. Um, Life of David Gale. Oh, no, he's a producer on that. Uh, Matchstick Men. I did want to stop at this one. This one was on my list. Did either of you guys see this movie? Uh, I did. I, I I actually enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a great con movie. I don't want to like give away too much of the plot, you know, because of reasons. Even though it's twenty fucking years old, and if you haven't seen it by now, the spoilers rules lifted. But um, yeah, it's a good con man movie. Uh, I would just say check it out if you haven't seen it. Absolutely. Um, then we get to some more big time cage. Oh yeah, where he's going to steal the Declaration of of Independence. One of my mother in law's favorite movies ever. Like I swear to God, this movie is on every time she comes over. Like I walk in and I'm like, which ver- which nickel or which national treasure is it? <laughs> it was it a Disney a movie, so. Though. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, and I mean, I say that as a Disney fan, I just thought it was going to be like a little too PG ish, but no, nah, it was a real, I love this movie. It's good. Um, by, by the way, my theory with, um, uh, Bill Paxton also holds mm-hmm. with Sean Bean. If Sean Bean dies in a movie or a movie series, it will also be great. Okay. Uh, you, you say that, but we might, that might be the next episode. We might go through a filmography and just do a hit or miss. Death of a salesman. Um, I, I love this movie. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. I think it's great. It's fun. It's a, it's a, it's a fun ride. All right. Um, I'm doing this just to watch Rick cringe. Would you say it's a national treasure of a movie? Hmm. I would say it's a national treasure of a movie. Rick national treasure, national treasure. I mean, it is a national treasure movie. (laughs) I'd say Moving there's on. no book of secrets here that we all oh, enjoy man. national treasure. Uh, the gates of enjoyment are wide open in this movie. Uh, so now I'm going to throw it over to Jason, who I believe wanted to talk about Lord of War. Lord of War. Um, I consider this movie a hidden gem. At least the first half of the movie is a hidden gem. Um, it's just... Uh, hmm? I, I'm trying. Like I know I've seen it. It's the one where he's the the gun dealer, right? 
The yeah, he's an arms yeah. dealer. Yeah, it, him and his brother, a, they're, or his family is immigrants in New York. He starts running guns early in life and, and like selling guns and then gets bigger and bigger. And it's just how he starts selling guns to like um, the they're smuggling arms into Africa during all the civil wars that they have. And, and it's just a really interesting look into the into that that mindset. Um, mm-hmm. The first half of the movie is brilliant. It is it's it's really smart. It's not full Nicolas Cage. He has a very strange accent because he's supposed to be from the Ukraine, but whatever. Um, but it's him and Jared Leto playing off of each other. They do really well. They got great chemistry. Ethan Hawke is the is the Interpol agent who's after them constantly. Um, Bridget Monahan's the or Moynihan, whatever, is the uh, love interest. But like halfway through, it turns into a different movie. Um, and then that's when he starts to go like full Nicolas Cage. Uh, but I, I really like this movie. I thought it was great. It's sad because it's again, loosely based off a true story and it, the opening sequence is, is amazing. It's how a bullet is getting made in the process, like the, with the brass casing and then the, the bullet, the gunpowder and everything. And it goes all the way down to it being shipped and smuggled somebody like paying off somebody else and then it goes into a gun and then spoiler alert but it's the opening credits of the movie so whatever um it ends up going into a gun getting fired and it goes through a a kid's head um and that's your movie folks like (laughs) all the way through it's interesting and sad all at the same time agreed great movie um that brings us to The Weatherman. Uh, I believe Rick's seen this one. I have seen this one. I actually like this movie. I like this movie because like he gets shit on for the entire movie. It's a you know Weatherman in a, in a midlife ah, midlife crisis that just like everything go- keeps going wrong and like I'm trying to remember the like the conclusion of the movie, but like he um, takes the job at Good Morning America. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like he's going through a midlife crisis and, and like reconciling with people, but just keeps getting shit on everywhere he goes. And it was I, I enjoyed it, but I think I enjoyed it because he was getting shit on for the entire movie. <laughs> um, this has one of my favorite things that he has ever done on film in this movie, and that is where he narrates himself going through the process of taking off his gloves and slapping his ex-wife's current boyfriend in the face with the <laughs> gloves. Um, this movie, another decent cast. Um, him. Who's the dad? Michael Caine is the dad. Yes. Also another big-time director, Gore. I can't remember his last name. for something Ver- Ski. I believe he directed the Pirates of the Caribbean. Verbinski. Yeah. He directed the Pirates movies, I believe. And The Ring. Mm -hmm. And Rango. Um, Ant Bully, I did not see. World World Trade Center was, was, it was okay. It was an Oliver Stone movie. Uh, It was about 9-11. He was a fireman. Um, I don't know if either of you guys saw that one either. I did, I did not. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, it's it's, you know, it came out what uh, the five years after nine eleven, so it's still like struck a chord when it came out. Um, 
Wicker Man, bees. Everyone remembers it. It's a fucking meme. Yes, it's um, it's like I I can't even say it's the worst movie he's ever made. Like in retrospect, <laughs> we'll get to a clump of like a decade of worst trashy. <laughs> um, but this is not good. Like if I was making a list of recommended Nicolas Cage movies. This wouldn't even be on it. And I mean, I would tell you, look up the scene where he says bees, not the bees, whatever the fuck he says. Um, a character that will soon be coming back, and it seems like on a more permanent basis. Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed um, this movie. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. It was fun. It was not as like. They dumbed down the character, which is interesting because I know that he's a massive Ghost Rider fan. Mm-hmm. But they did kind of dumb down the character. <laughs> he uh, he will be returning in Deadpool 3. And from what I understand, will be going forward after that. Uh, as Johnny Blaze slash Ghost Rider. He's coming back for it? He's going to be in Deadpool 3 as oh. Ghost Rider. And... Yeah, it's not even a hope. It's confirmed. Like, Just it's happening. Well, I know. So, uh, well, I mean, not to, like, I'm interested to see how that works out in the future. Because, like, the at least from what I've been reading, the whole idea behind the new um, Deadpool is it's kind of, there, there was a... Uh, there was a show or there was a comic book series where it was Deadpool kills Marvel or Deadpool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he goes around and kills all the other universes. So they have one singular universe. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they're doing from what I was told. Like they're killing all the Fox characters and all the Columbia, like all the characters that they own now. And they're just killing them off so that they don't have to deal with them in the future. <laughs> so, and, and if that, if that's true, it is a fantastic book series. It, it really is. So I've heard that, one, I've heard Nicolas Cage will be going forward past that movie as Ghost Rider. And I've also read um, that through Secret Wars, um, Wolverine will be Hugh Jackman. So this isn't like the swan song for him. Either. Well, yeah, I, I, I've heard that he's sticking around. But I, I'm, I'd be more than happy to have him stick around, too. He deserves yeah. it. Like, I, there's so many people in those Sony and Fox that that quote unquote put in the work early before the MCU came around that deserve to be like involved in the MCU. Um, and and Deadpool, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, Patrick Stewart's fucking uh, Professor Wheelchair, and. Uh, <laughs> Because I can't think of it. Xavier, Professor yeah. X. Um, uh, Ian McClellan as Magneto. That's his real name, yeah. too. Yeah. Professor Fucking uh, Kelsey Grammer's Beast absolutely deserves more so than Hugh Jackman oh. to be involved. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> they can both. Oh, for go God's sakes, Wolverine. All right. uh, <laughs> just bring them both. Bring it all. I just, I, I want it all. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Next. Um, Grindhouse. He's just in a trailer for Grindhouse. There it is. That's it. Um, next is next. Um, a terrible movie. Um, Which he also produced. Absolutely dreadful movie where Nicolas Cage can, spoilers, see three seconds into the future. Yeah, and if memory serves, I think this is based off of a 
like a Tom Clancy novel or something. Um, it seems more so like it was based off of that portion of Avengers um, Infinity War where Doctor Strange is on the planet looking at the different scenarios. It's based on a <laughs> Before science... Before he decides to save Tony Stark. It's based on a science fiction short story, The Golden Man, by Philip K. Dick. Ah, uh, Philip K. Dick. And... This movie's terrible. Um, it, it's not good. Jessica Biel's in it. Um, there's other people in it. It's uh, He is a horrible wig in it. Um, it was the first Revolution Studio film to be distributed by Paramount Pictures, followed by 2017's Triple X, Rage of Xander Cage, or Return of Xander Cage. God. <laughs> that, was a, that was a banger. Um, then he follows up next with National Treasure Book of Secrets. And this is what I'm going to say is... Um, other than, let's see, other than two, two movies, this is the last we're going to see of Decent Cage for a couple of years. Uh, I'm uh, going to say there's only a handful of movies left that are decent. Well, no, no, no. All right. There's, there's some you might some. not have seen. There's a couple right. of, and there's a couple of animated ones that he was in yeah. that... But. So, uh, National Treasure Book of Secrets, good follow-up to the first movie. Um, not much else to say about that, really. Um, the guy from The Hangover is in it. <laughs> it's fine. There's a book. It has secrets in it. and uh, They're a national treasure. Yeah. Uh, Bangkok Dangerous is fucking terrible. It, it's, it's, it's an awful movie. Um I don't understand how that got to theaters and wasn't a direct-to-video. Let's just say that. Uh, yet another awful wig by Nicolas Cage. That'll become a trend in the next set of movies. Uh, it, stop me if you've heard, seen any of these that I'm about to read. Uh, the next one I have opinions on. So, Okay, so we're going to... <sighs> my probably third least favorite Nicolas Cage movie, Knowing. Take it away. Uh, so knowing is about an MIT professor who starts uh, linking these mysterious numbers uh, from a time capsule to events in the past and the future. To, it's like a, it's setting up a disaster movie. And mm -hmm. I, I just it has the idea of it. Ha if somebody pitches this movie to you, you could see it and go, yeah, that sounds like a really good movie. But the problem is, I guess they ran out of funding somewhere because three quarters of the movie is basically an advertisement for the Ford F-150 because all of it is shot with the Ford F-150 in focus with like all kinds of really interesting stuff happening around there and you just get to see the truck. And that's, that's not cool. Like, I, I want to see the rest of it. It's an interesting concept, but like, it, it, spoiler alert, because none of y'all are going to see this fucking movie. If you made it this far, you deserve a medal anyway into this podcast. But everyone dies at the end, except for like a handful of kids, because space aliens told us like a hundred years ago that we we're all going to die. And instead of just lifting us all off at that point, we decided to just kill everybody. So, um, had to be one of the first. Aliens. I'm just looking. It had to be one of the first movies that was shot on a red camera. I don't know if it is, but I just looked and saw that they used red. One 4K. So, 
Um, so we all are knowing that Nicolas Cage just did this movie for a paycheck. Yeah. Right. Um, well, this was during the Ford F-150. This was during his <laughs> financial issue yeah. time. So. so G-Force I have never seen. Uh, Bad Lieutenant, Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. I believe he got a third Oscar nomination for this movie. And it's pretty good. It was a. It wasn't a direct-to-video. It was one of those very limited releases where uh, it was in theaters for maybe two weeks. Um, he basically just plays a fucking crooked cop. Uh, there was a Harvey Keitel movie called Bad Lieutenant in the 90s. They're not anything related to each other. Oh, Exhibit's um, in that movie. Yeah, well, that'll fucking bring him in. Um, he doesn't pimp any rides while he's in the movie either. Um, it's a Warner Herzog movie. Yeah, it's good. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it is. It's well worth a watch. Um, it's 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 good. He's good in it. He has a lot of breakdowns in it. Uh, Eva Mendez plays his wife. Uh, Val Kilmer's in it. Um, yeah, I, I this would be a, a cage during his dark years that I would recommend. Uh, Astro Boy did not see it. I'm not sure, uh, uh, Rick, you have a child. Maybe you saw Astro Boy. I have not seen Astro Boy. Okay. Uh, Jason, no on Astro Boy? Oh, hell no. Okay. I've definitely um, seen the next one. Kick-Ass is fucking awesome. I love that movie. Uh, Nicolas Cage plays Batman uh, <laughs> in the form of a character named Big Daddy, <laughs> who him and his... 12, 8 to 12 year old daughter walk around slaughtering people. Um, yeah. And they incorporate a superhero who is useless as tits on a bull uh, to fight their battle against the Red Mist, who is McLovin. That's the perfect synopsis of the whole movie. It's great. It's. Yeah. If you're tired of comic book movies and you want something a bit more interesting, this is your jam. It's based on a comic book. Um, it is, and yeah. the whole series is fantastic. Read the books; they, they're the the movies and the books are equally good. And this Take was directed by Matthew Vaughn, who did The Kingsman and um, Eddie the Eagle, for his claims to fame, other than Kick Ass. Um, but yeah, this is a highly rec- recommended one. Uh, then we're going into a real shit show of a few years. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, I've seen it like four or five times. I didn't hate that movie. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> I didn't hate it, but it's definitely not my favorite. Um, again, I expected I think I ex- a terrible wig. I expected more from the, because it was the same people who did National Treasure, so I kind of expected National Treasure quality, mm. and it was not at that level for me. But So this is when Disney decided they were going to start doing live-action versions of all their cartoons, and this was the fucking Mickey scene from Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Right. It was fun. And it set the tone for every single fucking live action Disney cartoon movie since. <sighs> Make that money. Make that Disney money. Uh, I've tried watching the next one like four times and can't make it through. Drive Angry is fucking awful, too. Um, again, another Peter Fonda movie, I believe. Um, and Amber Heard, I believe, is the the female in this movie. She um, is. yeah, I believe so. Did and we skip? Nick- do we switch over or skip over season of the witch? 
Oh fuck! I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, that's, I am. It's st- the it, one I've tried to watch four times. Oh, I'm sorry, if folks uh, who are in hour and eleven minute um, <laughs> of this fucking Nicolas Cage marathon. Uh, um, I skipped over season of the witch. I apologize. Um, I don't even know who else is in this movie. I saw it one time. Is this the one with Hayden Christensen or is this the one with fucking sons of anarchy guy? Uh, Ron Perlman. Yeah. yeah. They, those are your leads folks. Nicholas Cage and Ron Perlman. So, uh, Jason's tried to watch it four times and could not complete it. Christopher Lee's uh, in it. Apparently. I can't tell you where count Doku. Yeah. Yep. Dracula. We'll get to that later. The man who put out heavy metal albums into his 90s? Mm-hmm. That's the guy. All right. Um, drive Angry. Amber Heard, Peter Fonda. Uh, Nicholas Cage is a demon. Drives a car. Drives it angry. Uh, um, I've actually seen this one. It's, it's as bad as you think it is. Yeah. If this they, movie was... They made a 3D version of it. Of course it's bad. <laughs> this was when the 3D shit was like popping off really hard. So they made this movie for 3D. And you can tell like when you watch it at home because there's like stuff in this movie that is specifically for 3D. Um, yeah. Seeking Justice... Fucking awful. Um, okay, so this movie is my case in point. Before you say the plot, this movie, what I've never heard of, has <laughs> January Jones, Guy Pierce, the dude from Lost. Um, uh, where? Who's the other one? Well, I mean, anyway, January Jones and Guy Pierce. I've never heard of this movie. Please explain this, to me what the what the fuck is going on here. So, season of the witch begins his direct video start. Uh, Drive Angry did make it to theaters, but Season of the Witch, uh, this is a direct-to-video movie. Uh, I believe this is one. I get I get a lot of these confused because they're just shitty action movies. He did a lot of shitty action and horror direct-to-video movies. And uh, this is one of them. I believe his kid gets kidnapped in this, and he uh, he goes to get her back. He seeks justice. So it's not Basically. a clever title, is what you're saying. No, they don't bury the lead on this one at all. <laughs> nor nor on the next one, Trespass, uh, which is a direct-to-video starring him and Nicole Kidman, directed by lovely Batman ruiner Joel Schumacher. Uh, this movie, Cage plays just a fucking dad. The house gets broken. This is, a, this is a lot like the panic room, only they're not in a panic room. They're just there. Being but robbed. The wife is Nicole Kidman, and the bad guy is Ben Mendelsohn. Like, yes, yeah, these are real life actors. Oh, I know. Direct video. Come on, Joel man. Schumacher is, you know, in some circles considered a real director. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. I think he's one of our listeners. Rest in peace, sir. I think he's dead. Because <laughs> he listened um, to the first episode. Yeah. He died. He died in hour uh, uh, hour one of our two hour marathon of Nicolas Cage movies. The picture of um, him, the picture of Joel Schumacher he, in his Wikipedia is something else. <laughs> um, oh, he's got the go, hookah beads on. Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Not a good follow up to Ghost Rider, the regular movie. 
Uh, and actually, it is a reboot, not a sequel. It is. I, you they, know, I, they, I liked it, though. Really? I did, because I, I appreciated them doing something very different. You know, it, it breaks the superhero mold quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the design of the character. It's it's like darker and blacker, and and then the, like the the fire looks a lot cooler. But mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't. You couldn't give me money to tell you what the plot was, but I did. No, enjoy I, it. I I've watched it less than three years ago, and I cannot remember what happens in it. There's two scenes that I love. There's one scene when he he changes this giant mining rig into a giant like Ghost Rider machine, and it catches on fire, mm-hmm. and he just starts tearing stuff up. And there's another one where he pisses a flamethrower, and that sticks in my head all the time. Like when I see that on the cover of a comic book, where it's just him, just mm-hmm. totally going crazy. That's that's when we know we've made it, folks. Um. From here on out is pretty much exclusively direct to video for quite quite a few years. So we have uh, I'm not going to say a thousand words because he was just a producer. Stolen, stolen. I did see uh, another one of these movies where uh, his kid gets kidnapped and he's on a mission to um, get it back. It being his child. <laughs> um, the Crudes. I'm guessing you've seen Rick. I have seen, and that it's actually a really decent movie like it was better than i expected it to be how about that like it was not like i went into it with very low expectations um Mm -hmm. it's a dreamworks film um Mm -hmm. but uh it's got nick cage emma stone ryan reynolds um and it was i wanted like it it made a boatload of money too um let me see if i can find it uh uh, 587.2 million dollars on a 135 million dollar budget so and it was nominated for an academy award and golden globe for best animated film nice um the frozen ground this is a damn good movie and it's based on a true story and it's him and john cusack and vanessa hudgens um John Cusack is a serial killer and it's based in Alaska and in Nicholas Cage is tasked with catching him. Um, it's good. I, I, it's another one of those movies that it went direct video, but that could have gone easily into theaters. Um, I would add that to my Nicholas Cage watch list if I was wanting to watch movies of his. Um, blah, 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 blah. Joe, another good movie. He plays an old fucking drunk. Um, who is uh, basically some kid with a deadbeat dad comes to town and uh, he takes pity on the kid, gives him a job. Um, decent movie. It's a drama, um, you know, direct to video. Uh, I'm going to breeze through these because I'm assuming you haven't seen any of these. I'll let you know when. Uh, I think I've got a while uh, until, I, until I hit the next one I've seen. The Rage... Remember when I said that Knowing was my third least favorite Nicolas Cage movie? This would be number two. It is a piece of shit. It is yet another movie where he is dealing with kidnappings uh, and trying to avenge them. Only in this one, he's a mob boss and not a um, like a normal, regular, everyday guy. Um, Outcast, him and Hayden Christensen, did not see it. Uh, Left Behind, 
I saw. Uh, did you want to say something about Outcast? No, I was just looking that it is an American Chinese Canadian action film. Like <laughs> that is a lot. That is a lot to be in one movie. Right. I'm like I'm looking at like I, I was just looking at the like the synopsis and the first thing was an American Chinese Canadian action film. Um, Left Behind was a movie based on a novel. Um, the original this is actually a remake. The original Left Behind was a, a series of movies with Kirk Cameron. Uh, they replaced Mike Seaver with Nicolas Cage. Um, and the only time that will ever happen. <laughs> uh, dying in the Light <laughs> is about one of my favorite subjects, dementia. <laughs> um, he's, I believe, just, uh, I think he's a politician with dementia in this movie. Uh, and he's slowly just, you know, fading out. Um, direct to video was not very good. I did not see The Runner. Uh, Pay the Ghost is a horror movie. Uh, not that good. The Trust, not that bad. Him and um, Elijah Wood are um, safe crackers, and they're breaking into a safe, and there are people trying to jack their score, uh, and they end up having uh, uh, having to shoot their way out, to make a long story short. Um, Doggy Dog, my least fucking favorite Nicolas Cage movie ever made that I have seen. Wow. Uh, him and Will- Willem, as we've been told by Rick, Willem <laughs> Dafoe. Uh, basically, they're just a gang and they pull jobs um, and they end up all killing each other. It's not a good movie. Um, I don't recommend it. I don't even recommend it as like a haha, watch it. It's so bad. It's just terrible. Uh, Snowden, did any of you guys see Snowden that went to theaters? That's an Oliver Stone. No. Okay. I mean, I know it's the obviously. The, yeah. The story right. Well, there you go. He has a very small role. He plays a professor. Uh, he's pretty good in it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I never saw the USSS Indianapolis Men of Courage, so I can't speak to that. Army of One, I did see, starring him in the recently headline making Russell Brand. Um, it's a comedy based on a true story and it's not very good. Just leave it at that. Can, do we just want to say like, it, we're going to consider it not very good unless you tell us otherwise. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah, okay. I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, Arsenal. I have seen, um, he plays the same character he played in Deadfall. And I don't mean he plays a character similar. He is playing the same fucking character. <laughs> 20 years later, equally as insane. Uh, not as good, though. Oh my God. Uh, Vengeance, a love story I've never seen, never seen Inconceivable. Mom and Dad is fucking awesome. Um, that is a horror movie where all parents are like, something's in the water or whatever, and all parents are trying to kill their children. And that means grandparents are trying to kill parents, parents are trying to kill children. Um, it's him and Selma Blair. Uh, this kind of started getting him a little like notoriety again. This this movie got a lot of uh, a buzz about it, and that one is one I definitely would recommend. Um, Mandy, absolutely recommend this movie. This is fucking out of control. Um, this is it, it, you know what I'm not going to say anything other than at one point he screams 
grabs a huge fucking handful of cocaine, rubs it, and grabs a chainsaw and goes and murders people. Holy crap. If that doesn't make you want to watch it, then you know what? I'm sorry. I'm Nothing's sold. going to. <laughs> I'm sold. That's um, all I needed. <laughs> Mandy's awesome. Uh, Looking Glass, never saw it. Humanity Bureau is a terrible piece of shit. 211, I never saw it. I never saw Teen Titans. I think everyone's seen Into the Spider-Verse. He was Spider-Man Noir. He was great in that, too. Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, between Worlds, he was not great in. Um, <laughs> it was bad. Um, 3.9 on IMDb. And it should be less. Um, but if it's a, if it has a 3.9, then it has less of a rating than Strange Luck, The Tale of Bill Black does on Amazon. Let's just fucking say that. Um Love a shown uh, anti. It, it doesn't matter that I never saw it. Yeah, score to settle. I've had in my queue on Hulu for five years. I'm sorry, the movie hasn't even been out five years. Four years. So I haven't seen it. Uh, Color out of space is a remake. Uh, it's based on a novel. It's actually not that bad. I would recommend it. It's a sci-fi movie, um, and it gets a little weird and funky. Um, that one I would recommend. This was kind of the beginning of his, like, getting back to where he is now. Uh, Running with the Devil I never saw, but it has Lawrence Fishburne in it. Kill Chain I've never heard of. Primal is another one that's been in my Hulu queue for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grand Isle is just fucking dumb, and Kelsey Grammer's in it. Um, Jiu-Jitsu, just read the premise of it. It sounds amazing, but I couldn't get more than like five minutes into it. I felt the same way. I've, I've read the synopsis and ready to watch it about six times, and I just can't do it. Yeah, it sounds freaking amazing. Um, uh, little, little, uh, Crudes, I've never seen. Rick, did you see that one? The second one? Uh, yeah. I may have watched it, but I don't remember it. All right. Uh, Prisoners of Ghostland. That's only two years old. I still haven't seen that one yet. And that brings us to the movies that are starting his comeback, which starts with Willie's Wonderland, who I believe uh, Jason had some strong opinions on. Yes, uh, I I watched this very recently just to, just to see. I, <laughs> as, a t- as of today. <laughs> as of today, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to expect because I've never played Five Nights at Fred Five Nights at Freddy's, and that's not what this is. Uh, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of legal jargon that explains how it's not, but it it 100% is based off the trailers of both. <laughs> um, it's it is a bad movie, but it's one of those that's just hits that sweet spot of it's so bad you should watch it, and I don't know how they got away with this. Nicholas Cage says nothing. The entire movie. <laughs> every <laughs> time, every time you text it, and you're like, "He's 30 minutes in, and he hasn't said anything." I'm like, "Oh, keep waiting." Oh, I did. I waited the whole movie. He says nothing the whole movie, and it's not is, a word. It's they, he drinks this. If you have y'all seen it, am I? Oh, am I, I love it. I haven't seen it, but I love this. I own this movie. Oh God! I, I mean, <laughs> this is one of those it, Ricky. This is one of those movies in high school. If if we had watched this in high school, this is one we would watch every weekend, because it is it's it's like it is it is a killer clowns from outer space level like kitschy and stupid and awesome all at the same time. Like 
And in 20 years, we're going to have a Halloween Horror Nights, like, Willy's house Wonderland. based off of this, this Willy's Wonderland. It's great. Like, it's terrible <laughs> and great. And, and, and it, 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 I'm passionate about both of those things at the same time because the, the animatronics are stupid. It's definitely people in big costumes. Nothing looks right. I want one of those shirts now for Christmas. Like, it was, it was so bad. But it was great at the same time. Oh, my God. And I've been wanting to say this all day. He says nothing and everything at the same time. He does. Why does he keep (laughs) drinking the fucking soda? Like, he has a ton of Nicolas Cage idiosyncrasies in this movie, Ricky, where he's, like, got a timer, where he's, like, beating the shit out of all these animatronics. And then his watch goes off, and he's, like, he hands a knife to the, the, like, obviously there's a bunch of teenagers who are running around. He hands a knife to the teenager and goes back and plays fucking pinball and drinks soda. And why never explain it? None of them go. They don't explain any of it. Nothing. They, he's he's like they they explain nothing about his character except for like he's the guy who's coming in there beating shit up, and then his watch goes off, and he walks away and goes play pinball again. It is batshit crazy, and I love it. <laughs> oh, I'm I will glad have to I check know it out. That's seen it. I look like I was five minutes in the movie. I'm like, this isn't great. I was 15 minutes in the movie, and you guys saw. I was like. This is still not great. 30 minutes in the movie, this is weird. And in 45 minutes in the movie, you notice I stopped texting you because the rest <laughs> of the movie is fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, fuck. Because it was, I, 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 you really, you kept quiet on that one because it was, I, I, I don't understand why I already love this movie. <laughs> there's a part of me that tonight is like, I kind of want to watch it again. Just to see, did I miss something? Like, there's so many nuances to his character that doesn't say anything. And then there's the fat guy walking around with jerky in his mouth. And the guy named Tex, like the state. Like, what the fuck <laughs> else would you be named Tex after? Like, Tex Arcana? No. I mean, I just... It, Ricky, do yourself a favor. Like, you, you gotta be sober to watch it the first time. Okay? I, okay. I'm, I'm, some of these movies are better drunk, but this one you gotta watch sober. And I need you to commit to this. You've got to see this fucking movie. Like it is. I will try it my is, best. It, it, no, no, they, they, <laughs> this, no. This isn't. This isn't the fucking data book. All right. No, it, we it, need it, you to it, watch it. It's like an hour and a half, hour and forty-five minutes long, so it's it's a normal size. But it's like it. it it's like somebody had an idea that was. I'm gonna steal the premise of this cool video game, and I want to put Nicolas Cage in it, but. I don't know what else to do, so I'm going to put a regular traditional horror movie in there as well, but I'm just going to keep the Nicolas Cage character being the Nicolas Cage character because he doesn't fit in the whole movie. For the whole second half of the movie, it turns into your standard kids going in, getting slaughtered, but there's Nicolas Cage, and it's amazing. You have to watch it. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say it's Die Hard and a Chuck E. Cheese. Man, there's a couple of scenes. Or showbiz, showbiz pizza. I won't. I won't say Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, it's a showbiz pizza. Um, where a kid can be a kid. I, 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 look. I've never seen anything like it. I, I it's not good. I'm not going to recommend it to all my friends and neighbors. But you, Ricky, of all people, I know what your humor is. You will like this movie. Okay. Jason, like take take one for the team and make your month Willie's Wonderland and make him have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> let's do a let's do two fucking hours on that movie. Let's just dissect the shit out of it. <laughs> I, I'm kind of on board with that. Like for, just for just for fucking spite of making him have to watch it. I I I'll, I I will tell you, I was iffy on the premise for today's show. Like I had some stuff, and but like leaving Las Vegas made me want to like never drink again. Um, but this movie was totally worth it. Like th- this has been on my radar since it came out. It's not something I would normally just like pick up. It's it's similar to what we were just talking about. Like it's in my queue. I don't want to watch it. I'll, I'll watch it someday. Holy mm-hmm. shit! It's so good, Ricky. Do yourself a favor. I will. So, I will sit down and check it out. So that brings us to the next movie, which I, again, highly recommend. And he um, apparently it was a it was a letdown that he did not get nominated for an Oscar for this next movie pig. Um, And I'm not even being sarcastic. I know I have my sarcastic voice on, but I'm not being sarcastic. Um, He's very good in this movie. Does not lose a shit one time. He talks. Um, It's about a cook (laughs) or a, a former cook who lives out in the woods now and picks truffles for, I don't even know what the fuck that is. He picks truffles for a living. All right. But he has a pig that sniffs him out. His pig gets kidnapped and murdered. He goes back to town to track the, it sounds like an action movie. It is not. It's a drama. He goes to hunt down the people that fucking killed his pig to avenge it. What's the difference between this and every other movie that somebody gets kidnapped and murdered that he's done? It's, it's a pig. A pig. <laughs> it's a truffle pig. I mean, they don't exactly bury the lead. It's in the fucking title. But what, like, what makes this one so different? So every other fucking one of those movies is an action movie, and they're stupid, and they're low on plot. This one actually has a good plot. Like, you feel like you want him to avenge this pig. Like, I don't care in these other movies if he catches the people that kidnapped whoever they kidnapped. Like, I'm not invested in them. Mm-hmm. I'm invested in this pig. And not because I'm a pig lover. I just, like, fucking, like, the the movie, like, it's a good script. Like Okay. I would I'm recommend try it. it. it, it you, you won't be disappointed. And, Rick, you, you're a foodie. Like, it's a, you know, he's a cook. Yeah. All right. You, you so, sent me on it. I'm going to watch it. I, I just went on like a 20 minute rant about the other one. I'm going to watch this one. Um, I, 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 this next movie, I can't say enough nice things about. And I think I know Rick's seen it. So he hasn't he hasn't I gone on in. On I haven't movie. seen it yet. I want to see it. It is sitting in my queue and we have talked about watching it a million times. So we ended up watching Renfield instead. What the actual fuck? Yeah. How the <laughs> hell have you not seen this fucking movie? This is a, all right, so, you know, before I go off on this tangent, unbearable weight of massive talent. He plays Nicolas fucking Cage. Right. Like, he can't screw up the role. Not that he ever screws up a role, but he can't go to Cage because he is fucking, in fact, Nicolas Cage in this movie. <laughs> and he plays himself twice in the movie. How the fuck's he do there that? There is a second Nicolas Cage in the movie that he hallucinates. <laughs> That's on the list. Too. It's got the Mandalorian in it. All right. And they bond over their love for writing a movie. Actually, they they bond over their love for Paddington, too. <laughs> OK. <laughs> they decide to write a movie. 
Well, I know, like, so Pedro Pacho, like, he plays, like, a super fan, right? Like, he pays, like, doesn't he pay him to show up for his birthday or something? He's a, he's like a crime lord in Spain, but he loves Nicolas Cage, so he pays him to show up at his birthday. Nicolas Cage thinks it's going to be some weird sex thing, <laughs> so he's skeptical of him in the beginning, but then they bond over Paddington 2 and decide to write a fucking movie together, and then it breaks down into an action movie where they're, like, chasing drug lords and Nicolas Cage has to save the fucking day. Uh, you've sold me. I, I don't I don't need to this know is what, more about this. Like movie. I said, this one has been on my list literally since it came out, and we just haven't gotten around to watching it. So, like, it's going to be watched. It just hasn't been yet. This was the first movie since Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance that I have been able to see in a movie theater that had Nicolas Cage. Uh, because every other movie, Willy's Wonderland lasted a week, and, and I just it was during COVID, and I just couldn't bring myself to go to the theater. Um, and all his other movies last like a week. This one actually had a run in the theater. I saw it fucking opening weekend, and then went the very next weekend and saw it again. Like, it's that good. Damn. And I only see Marvel movies twice, and Kevin Smith movies twice, yeah, and Star Wars movies twice. But that's it. Just that exclusive long list that I just read off of movies I'll see twice in the theater. Um, but yes, see it. God, I thought everyone had seen this fucking movie. Um, Butcher's Crossing I haven't seen yet. The Old Way is in my Netflix or my Hulu queue, but I haven't seen it. It's a Western. I know you saw Renfeld. I did. I watched it last <laughs> night. Take it away, Rick. I, so I... I enjoyed it far more than I thought I was going to. Like, it is over it's, the it's top. It's a fun movie. It is. It is completely over the top. Um, and I, it was, so I didn't realize it was originally pitched to be more of a serious movie. And then um, when The Mummy failed, like, miserably, the 2017 Mummy, they decided to can the whole thing. And I guess it's considered a box office flop because it didn't make a lot of money, but the, it's really good. Like I enjoy, like it is so like it is corny. It is like I don't, like it was just it was B it was somewhere between A and B movie level, but it was I enjoyed it. Like Aquafina and it's great. Like her character is awesome. Um I mean John Raffio from fucking Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um the is thing, the main bad guy? Um Nick Cage isn't in it a lot. Like he's he plays Dracula, but he's not in it a ton. Um Nicholas Holt is the main character in the whole thing. Um Renfield. Um basically the whole idea is that or the whole thing is Renfield is Dracula's servant, has to go around collecting bodies for him. Um but he got, he the way he collects bodies is he starts going to a self-help group. Um and the self-help group basically makes him get out of a toxic relationship with Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, like, the blood in it is ridiculous. Um, so he gets his superpowers from eating bugs, and at one point he rips a guy's arm off and then kills two cops by throwing the arms from above, like, from the third floor down to the first floor and throws them right through the guy's chests. Like just boom. <laughs> I'm like, after ripping them off, it is yeah. It's it's absolutely stupid, but it's hilarious. Like I laughed a lot during that movie. Um, enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Have you seen the show What We Do in the Shadows? Not yet. 
I, it's on my it's on my Hulu queue. Okay, hey, that's one of my favorite shows. I I, I just I the, what hold what held me back from this is it reminded me of that. Like that's what you're talking about seems like exactly what that TV show is, and the movie actually. I gotta try it. It is. It's good. I enjoyed it. It's Nick Cage being Nick Cage, and I like Nicholas Holt. I, I think he's an underrated actor. So you've now committed to at least four Nicholas Cage movies. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I got Pig, Unbearable, Renfield, and um, uh, with, uh, uh, Kiss of Death. I think you said Kiss you were going to watch. Uh, so this brings us to the last one we're going to talk about. Though a trail. So there's a trailer out for Dream Scenario, and it looks absolutely fucking crazy. That really uh, does. I have, it looks fantastic. I haven't seen Sympathy for the Devil yet, but it, it looks like it's going to be a dud. So the last movie we're going to talk about is The Flash, which brings Nicolas Cage. I the Flash. Know. Did you guys yeah. know that he was in it? I, uh, I got it ruined minutes before I went into the fucking theater because oh, I couldn't stay off my fucking phone. And do you know how excited I would have been to see him like as Superman like that full. he should have played? Mm-hmm. I have. Hold on. You have Hold the on. shirt. Talk, talk about, oh, but he hasn't seen it. Oh, no, talk he hasn't. amongst yourselves for a minute. Okay. Yeah, so I, I actually think, is he wearing a Nick? <laughs> I think he just, <laughs> oh, my God, he just knocked <laughs> over we, his own computer. We might not be able to hear Drew now after this. Oh, no, okay, we can still hear him. Um, yeah, it, it Drew, like, he has pictures. People want to take pictures with Drew with this shirt on. It is freaking amazing. What's funny is he's wearing a Nicolas Cage shirt while holding a Nicolas Cage shirt. On his Nicolas Cage pillow. On his Nicolas Cage pillow. Yeah, he, uh, Nicolas Cage is a thing. Oh, and his mic is dead. Uh, Yeah, we lost your mic. (laughs) (laughs) He's just going to hold it up. Or maybe not. I don't know. He can't hear us right now, so we don't know if he can hear. We lost you, Drew. We can't hear you. We lost you, buddy. We heard you for a second, and then you you disappeared now. You look fantastic, though. Yeah, you are absolutely handsome, my man. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. There you go. Okay. All right. So I wear this shirt, Jason, to every single convention I go to. Oh, my God. It's great. Yep. All right. Aside from the fact that I'm also wearing a Nicolas Cage shirt (laughs) on myself right now. I, I I would take a picture with you at a uh, at a comic con or something for sure. Yeah, I, I, the, the, this shirt gets comments constantly. It's it's mm-hmm. it's lovely. Uh, but yes, in the Flash, he comes full circle. The the um, never realized Tim Burton's Superman lives. Um, they do a quick scene of Superman's in the Flash, and Nicolas Cage is there as that Superman, long hair, the outfit. He's fighting the fucking spider. The Spider, which I don't know if any of you have seen an evening with Kevin Smith, part one. Mm-hmm. He goes into the whole thing about the fucking spider. Yep. It's a I was a I'm a huge Kevin Smith. Yeah. Kevin Smith fan as well. Um, I uh, I loved that surprise. I, I did not like the movie. Not to get off topic too far. I, I I didn't really enjoy it at all, except for Michael Keaton's Batman. And if if they made a Supergirl movie with that Supergirl. I'm on board all day long. That is the general consensus of that movie from everyone, including myself. I, I, you know, 
the stuff with Batman and the Nicolas Cage thing and Supergirl were all that redeemed that movie. Um, otherwise, it was kind of like, you know. Yeah, you you made a Flash movie where all I wanted was every other side character to yeah. have their own movie. Um, no, that was it was such a fun and it was a cool look and the battles the fight scene was cool and it was just great. It was very nice to see. Um, so that's that's all I got. And by that's all I got, I mean an hour and forty three minutes later, having read his almost full filmography. We have been talking for two hours and six minutes. By the way, what? Yeah, but we haven't been recording. No way. That long. Oh no, we have two oh, hours yeah. and six, seven minutes. Are you shitting me? No, <laughs> we are not shitting. Is you. this the first? Is this the first episode to hit that two hour mark that we've made? I like, possibly. I actually. I'll, I'm. I'm not sure because your other one might have, like the albums one may have. So I drag this shit out. <laughs> you do. You are. You are the one who makes the longest episodes. <laughs> but you also. That just means so you you pick good topics too that we can all participate in like. Let's be honest. I read a fucking list. Not wrong. You just happened to read a long fucking list. <laughs> it, it, it was a long list, but... I, uh, that's it, what I should have done. I should have gone episode by episode through TNG. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> All seven seasons. Um, I mean, how yeah. many movies does he have? 70-something? I'd only be twice that because it'd be like 140-something episodes. 150. Oh, it'd only be a four-and-a-half-hour podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> So, Jason, what's up next? Um, yeah. So, we need our I've homework. Been toss, I've been tossing this one around a little bit. Um, it, it's actually, I, I was inspired by Drew's. Um, I, I was thinking Star Wars or something like that, but that seems seems kind of normal at this point. Um, I, I, we'll, we'll be saving that for a little bit later. Uh, there's a filmmaker who's made a couple of the films that are like instrumental of who I am as a person. And it's a uh, Luc Besson. Okay. Um, I am all for it. Fifth element is literally one of my favorite movies of all time. Boom. Um, so we're going to talk specifically about fifth element and the professional, um, okay. which uh, two movies that are totally different, but, but absolutely great. And there's one movie that's a, it's a hidden gem because uh, my, my mom showed me this movie. Uh, let's see. When the hell did it come out? Um, my mom showed me this movie when it first came out and I must have watched it a hundred times. And this movie came out in 1988 called The Big Blue. Um, it's based, it, it is, the premise is this, a rivalry between uh, two childhood friends who are now world-renowned freedivers. Um, it's, I it's think a, I remember this movie. It is a weird premise. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it has uh, Jean Reno and Rosanna Arquette. Um, it's it is one of my favorite movies because it's it's beautiful and there's there's not a whole lot of special effects to it. It's very simple, but it is gorgeous for a movie. Um, those are the three movies specifically that I'd like to talk about. We'll talk about the other stuff that are very different, but those are the three that we're definitely going to talk about. And just so I make sure, I'm I'm one hundred percent. Uh, uh, we're talking about Leon the Professional. Leon the Professional, correct. All right, I I've seen it not since I was a kid, so I will go to the uh, go to the Apple iTunes and rent it. I so Leon the Professional is also where I I fell in love with Gary Oldman. Um, I, Gary Oldman is my favorite actor, uh, only because he falls into a like 
where you look at Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage in every movie, basically. Gary mm-hmm. Oldman is an amazing actor who adapts to whatever his character is supposed to be. And he just commits to it fully. And it doesn't have to be over the top, you know, you, from Harry Potter to to the professional to you name it. Whatever he's done has been Sid beautiful. and Nancy. I mean, it's there's a whole collection there that's just beautiful. So those three movies are the three I want to key in on. So um, we're not going to go over every single one of them because there's a there's a whole bunch there. But like, uh, have you guys ever seen La Femme Nikita? Yes. Great. Wasn't there a show based on that? There was. Yeah. Um, uh, USA at fan- eleven o'clock at night. After all. <laughs> <laughs> wow, somebody has some fond memories. Um, <laughs> It, we're not going to go over every single one, but like, if you wanted to watch a couple of those other ones, but the three in particular we're going to focus on are going to be The Big Blue, uh, the Leon the Professional, and The Fifth Element. Um, those three movies easily define uh, what my experience is for movies and I, what I expect. I will. I may have to pull a Drew, and, and I have a Ruby Rod radio show t-shirt that I might rock out for. Oh, <laughs> I will watch it and I will look at it and I will love it. I um, I have seen that. So they every couple of years they do a release like in theaters with it, and I've seen it twice in theaters now. Oh, and wow. I can literally re- like when I was in college, once a month, me and my roommate would sit and watch that movie and recite it as it was going <laughs> on. Like I love Fifth Element. It is legitimately my. It is the it it might. It's not the greatest movie of all times by any means, but it is one that I will sit down. And watch every single time that I pass it, or like, and it, like it's yeah, it is. It, it's it, agreed. In, in either any one of those three movies are three movies that I've seen so often that I'm not going to say I can repeat every line because I'm bad at that. But I, I know every beat. I, I remember every scene. Like I just I I love each one of those movies, and it's I, I want to go over them and and spend some time on those three in particular. Yeah, I, I um. It's been a long time since I've seen The Big Blue. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen The Professional, too. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'm probably talking about a couple other, like Lucy and Taken and Valerian and whatnot. Yeah. Liam Neeson's Taken? Huh? Liam Neeson's Taken? Yeah. I, I, the, the, I, the, I, I'm not familiar totally with the directors. So. Oh, yeah. No, no. He, uh, yeah, Liam Neeson, like the, the, the first one. Um, Valerian, um, it, which is a legitimately pretty good movie. Yeah, it, um, I, I, they cast it wrong. I think that was the biggest problem. It was a good movie. It was just cast wrong. Yeah, and it, above, it, like, kind of ahead of its time too. Like, I think if it came out now, people would be more into it. Yeah, and Lucy um, was just weird, but really cool. Like, I enjoyed it a lot. Interesting but. premise. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, we'll we'll yeah. save some of that for later. But it was. The family was good. Like that was that was different. Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert De Niro. Like, it, so Drew, when you when you look into this guy, you'll start to pick up on some movies you've you may have seen already. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the family, and I've seen uh, what was the one you mentioned before? Uh, Valerian. Um, no, before that. Take um, Lucy. No. Yeah, Lucy. I think I've seen. That was the one with Scarlett Johansson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it, there's a there's a number of and what I. What I appreciate about it is um, he's a he's a French he, he's, he was born in Paris, France, and, and he's definitely French. Most of his movies are. Um, but I like the fact that it, he brings a very different style to everything. And it's 
again, just watch watch those three movies, and you'll see a director with a lot of range. I mean, those are very different movies across the board, and something that I I really appreciate. That sounds like a yeah. great plan. I, I'm I'm excited to talk about that one. I mean, not that I wasn't excited to talk about Nicolas Cage. So no, it's all right. I get it, Rick. It's cool. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. And we're all dreading that announcement. <laughs> Six months of homework. Oh, I'm going to talk for two and a half hours about scene four in episode seven of season four of Star Trek The Next Generation. I need you to watch just the first 15 minutes of yesterday's Enterprise. And we're going to talk about those 15 minutes for the next three and a half hours. I've, I've alphabetized the episodes of every episode that Data has feelings um, and, and the ones where he has a cat. So, Oh, Spot. <laughs> we love you. Are you guys ready to get out of here? Anything else you want to plug? Bill Black? Right. Yeah. Um, by the way, for our friends and neighbors who really want to see something interesting, make sure you look at not Bill Barr, Bill Black on amazon.com um or actually and tubi, and, tubi and, and wherever you can um i hear the ratings are through the roof right now um people are really really loving it they're going after it i think we've sold uh at least double digits at, at this point oh oh jason you don't know i i got my first royalty check oh how much was it it's 43 dollars. all right so Holy i shit. did i did what anyone would do when they get their first fucking movie royalty check, and I went out and I bought a fucking Lambo. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I have a lot of props today that are visual props that you're not seeing when you're listening to this. We would like to thank our sponsors at the uh, fine folks at Lamborghini um, for sponsoring uh, Bill Black. Uh, on Amazon and Tubi and all of your 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 fun streaming locations. Your forty three dollars yeah. your forty three dollars has gone a long way to help fund our Lamborghini addiction. Yeah, and will probably be dumped into my next mockumentary. Um, <laughs> Think about that, folks. If you liked Bill Black, you are funding tomorrow's movie. Okay, or I'm yesterday's sure. Enterprise. Of yesterday's enterprise, should we get like a GoFundMe going for your movie? Like, see how much money absolutely we not. Why not? <laughs> I have no need for it. <laughs> but think about this: if you do a GoFundMe, like the only thing you could give away, right? No matter mm -hmm. what your donation is, at a minimum of like fifty dollars, hundred dollars, <laughs> minimum of a hundred dollars, you're well, you could be an extra or whatever you want to do. You could be an extra in that scene that you're talking about. That's true. I do need I do need to rent the the place to have the town hall. At, so. I, look, everybody needs a producer. I'm your producer. Okay, <laughs> we could do a GoFundMe and we can make this happen. All you 53 people out there for for one thousand dollars a piece, you could be a part of this movie. Be a part of the future of of cinema right here in. We're gonna do it in Deland. It's going to be in Deland, DeBerry. In Deland, DeBerry, Florida. You couple folks in Germany, I know you're listening right now. You people stuck it out through this entire fucking podcast, and you got to this point, you're willing to put up or shut up. You're going to 
Donate that thousand dollars. You're gonna fly your asses over to the Barry. We're gonna we're gonna we'll find a way to get you to the parks. We know people. Yeah, they're 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 flying themselves over. We're not. Oh paying yeah, we're not that. doing all that. Yeah, you or their hotel. They, they, you make your way over. You make your way over. We'll tell you the time and date. Yeah. We'll, we'll details to follow. But you fly your ass over. We'll put you there. All right, and it'll be fun. We'll hang out with you. It'll be great. Yeah. Speaking of which, what uh what are what did we pull down for numbers on uh the Enterprise? Uh, we had all of 36 listens for that one. One more than the graphic novels one, though. Man. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> we, we cannot, we can't push it. I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get 50 off of this, this, not 50 it, full listens. No one's listening to the end. No. Like, no. I will be the one person that listens to the end because I will listen to it at work and cackle at every fucking joke I make. I still haven't listened to the last one, so... <laughs> It's oh my god! It's if it, it much like the five Nicolas Cage movies I recommended to you. If you're gonna listen to one episode, listen to us just relentlessly bust Rick's balls for an hour and a half, and him just sit there and just be like, "Please, you two assholes, just let me get through my episode." I get one every three fucking months, and you fucking clowns are ruining it. I, I like. It. I, I like that. Okay, now you sold me on that too. Um, I, by the way, as a as a side note, uh, Drew, do you drink at all? Uh, it very rare occasions. Okay, because uh, I was thinking about doing a drunk episode and trying to do it like a drunk history, but do it like a drunk um, the a, a drunk episode on something. So well, the good thing about me not drinking very much is it does not take much. Okay, <laughs> Ricky and I will get started early, and you can catch up. It, it, it'll take me. <laughs> It will take me like uh, at, at, at three beers max and I'll be fucking I'm not going to be like, you know, running around in my underwear or anything, but I'll be definitely like fucking. Oh, we could totally we could totally do a craft beer episode. Oh, see. Yeah, that's a great fucking idea. I could. I feel like we I could I probably like get a brewer or two on, too. I feel like we'd have to go to a brewery and shoot you like film, like record that one there. I can do like, that as we drink. We can do that. Yeah, that I would can, have to be I can, alive. I can reach out to uh, Chris Rock from Rock Pit and see if he'll... Uh... Oh, that's a fucking great idea. I love that place. Yes, let's make that happen. Okay. <laughs> I will. Um, so we know what Rick's next episode's going to be. Well, I don't... I mean, we'll see. But that's a possibility, for sure. Because I, I get... Um, uh, I, I actually brewed my own beer a few times. I like to do that every occasionally, I guess. And I haven't done it in a little minute. But um, I would love that. That would be great. Ricky, this could be your episode. I, I worst case, if not, we can go to. Uh, I'm sure that we could get in at like uh, Celery City or something. And yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure there's some place that'll let us in in the back room. I I have enough connections in that world that I can probably. Hang you have enough connections in every world. Yes, you're my hero. Oh no, you know what? That actually might be perfect. We might be able to do it at a beer fest. Ooh. Oh, that might be loud, though, right? Maybe. Yeah, but you get drunk people walking by and yelling random shit. And it's a free beer fest. Where the hell is this free beer fest? The Ivanhoe one? No, Bad of Business Beer Fest in Sanford. Uh, I like Sanford because it's close to home. Yeah. Let's think about this. That's not a bad idea. I like that. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can. I'll, I'll reach out to a few people. What uh, month am I up again? Uh, you. I have October. I have November. Ricky's got November. You got December. December. Christmas movies. 
I mean, granted, I'm an asshole, so I probably will do something Christmas themed. Um, okay. All right. There's nothing stopping us from doing two episodes if we really wanted to either. So, mine's three <laughs> movies. If your beer fest comes on board, we could do both of those, and then we could do a Christmas movie. That'd be fun. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, we'll get out of here because right. I really have to pee. We've been recording for two and a half hours now. I got to pee. So uh, it's been a pleasure. We will uh, see you guys. I will see you guys soon. We'll talk. Oh, should I should I sign off? Since you should probably sign episode. off since your episode. All right. So this is uh, this has been the films of Nicolas Cage uh, starring Rick. Jason and with special guest host Drew. Um, we thank you for listening and uh, depend on the support of viewers like you.عع�����������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������